You're not listening to the King Belly Podcast, where every opinion is welcome and every voice can be heard. Today's episode of the podcast is an NBA-centered show. The NBA season starts tomorrow, so there's no way I could have not spoke about NBA or not speak about NBA, excuse me. Oh, man. Probably the first time in a long time will I've really been excited to see basketball come back again. I'm going to keep it a stack. I haven't been following the preseason as far as watching every game. Um, a lot of highlights for preseason, a lot of uh, a lot of shot clock, shot chart breakdowns and stuff like that. A lot of statistical breakdowns on my perspective. You know, I, ain't, I ain't about to really just sit here and waste time watching preseason basketball. But nonetheless, man, nonetheless, man, I'm happy. I'm excited nonetheless. You know, I like, I, I don't like... I don't like taking things as fact. I don't like believing certain things about the NBA until it's the regular season. So um, I guess that's my reason for not really keeping up with the preseason as much as I probably should have. But yeah, nonetheless, I have my son Jediah called into the show. Always respected his basketball acumen. It's been a minute since we last spoke, actually. It's my son from high school. Always respected his basketball acumen. Had him call into the show and we discussed uh, teams that we were looking forward to seeing this year. Players that we were looking forward to seeing this year. A couple of contenders and... Many other storylines that are going to take place in this year's NBA season. I hope you guys enjoy the show. You know the vibe if you like it. Share it. Send it to all your other men who, who watch basketball, who listen to basketball. Uh, next week, we'll be back with another creative conversation. You know the vibe. But for now, we're going to rock out to the sounds of Lock Him. The world is mine, so please believe, allow the grease. These niggas, these bees, don't speak, we squeeze. I'm baked. It's a young man who I discovered on SoundCloud recently. Yeah, I don't think stuff is on Apple Music just yet, but if you go over to SoundCloud and type in Lock Him, he got a bunch of different remixes where he's mixing an old record with a new record and chopping and screwing and shit is wavy, I must say. Live on the King Melly Podcast, my son Jediah. It's been a minute since I cooked him in the bowl. It's been a minute since I heard from him. My boy, my boy. <laughs> I don't know if you cooked me in bowl, son. Yo, it's been a- 
It's been a 10 year piece since I thought it was my son Darnell, bro. What's good, bro? <laughs> I'm telling you, I ain't going to Back in the high school days, I was definitely one of the better pick and rollers. Definitely yeah, one of yeah, the better nah. mirroring shooters and the better rebounders. <laughs> my since, son, since we yo, here right yo. now. Yo, I'm going to be honest. My son was Carlos Boozer, bro. You know what I mean? He was Carlos Boozer. Yo, I was Darren Williams, too. That's the thing, bro. That's That was our little pick and roll squad right there. Nah, it there. was. It was. We used to call us Boozy, you know what I mean? So... Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because around, around that time I was I was still um I was still on my soapbox uh, preaching the message of Darren Williams. I thought Darren Williams was the best point guard in the NBA around that time. But right. He clearly proved me proved me wrong. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, he was though at that point, bro. Like he was he was really putting it up there, and it felt like he just forgot about ball. He got paid and said whatever. Darren Williams had like a three year run, a three year run when he was the best point guard in the league. That's valid. Not many people yeah, can say that though. That's the thing. That is true though. Like you can't say you're the best at the best in the world. Nobody can say that. You know what I mean? So three years is, is Gooch for sure. Three years is a valid run. But now nah, tomorrow, we're recording on Sunday, of course, guys. But of course, by the time you hear this, tomorrow the NBA season will start. And we ain't going to sit here and we ain't going to drag it on for y'all. A lot of people doing the over-unders. I don't care about every single team in the NBA, so I'm not about to do an over-under for every single team in the NBA. The way we'll produce today's show, we're just going to talk about the teams and the players that we're looking forward to seeing. We'll talk about a couple of storylines and we'll talk about um, a couple of title contenders. Keep it real simple for you guys, real straightforward to the point, because you know this is not sports center. We're not here just preaching to the choir. Facts, facts. And but, yo, yo, I'll give y'all some stories about how I, d- I busted Darnell's ass back yeah, in the day he's too. Advanced, so, it was whatever y'all want to hear. Yo, now that I think about it, you still shoot with with, with the um with the ball all the way at the back of your head. You still you still put it up like that? <laughs> nah, I'm asking. I'm asking a serious question. It used to go in. For, yo, I ain't go for it. Used to go in from bro. three. Mid range wasn't really there. <laughs> You, yo, you know what it was with you, bro. And then I'm thinking about what? it in retrospect. You was ahead of the curve what? as far as like the three point generation. Like we, like I we, we didn't see that coming. I didn't see that coming. At least I, I didn't. I, I appreciate that. So I, you, know, I knew shit was coming. So I had to get my game working. <laughs> but yeah, I do, I do definitely still shoot over my head. But you know, I perfected a little bit more. Got a little bit quicker. So, you so know, I got my release it. a little bit sharper. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny because my boss call it a, a sidewind shot. I'm but, weak. You know, the wind up, the two K wind up shot. The two K wind up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, as far as as far as the team is looking forward to seeing, this is a team that I've definitely been. They had they've been on my radar since last year, since January when they made that that big trade. But it's the Dallas Mavericks, boy. I'm really, yeah. I really want to see how the Mavericks gonna bull out the season. It's I'm a little iffy though. I ain't gonna lie, I'm a little iffy because. We haven't seen Porzingis play since what? It's been a year and a half, almost. It's been since last season, not last season, the season before last in January when right, he tore his ACL. Right. And yeah. I've been I've been excited to see him and Luka Doncic get on the floor since they made that trade and acquired him back in February. But um, how do you feel about the Mavericks this year going into the season, bro? I'm definitely interested in the Mavericks too. Like like you said about Luka and Porzingis, that duo is gonna be crazy. Like my thoughts on that though is like, what, what are they gonna run? Like I'm I'm interested because preseason they've been running a ton of different lineups, bro. Like, hmm. are they gonna play big? Are they gonna put Porzingis and and Marjanovic together? Are they gonna play small Porzingis at the at the five with Doncic at the four? Like, what are they? Like, I really don't know what they're thinking about. That's what I'm I'm kind of lost for words on that. You, you know what's crazy with that though, and, and you you said so. Do you think it would even work if Porzingis had the five and Doncic at the four? Doncic's only what six seven. Six seven. He's not strong enough to really play the four in the NBA, if you ask me. That's the thing. He's not. But I think because last year they was playing him at the four offensively, mm-hmm. but defensively they were switching him out with uh, what's that kid's name? West um, was it? Was it no? West Matthews. He got traded in the in the Porzingis trade. Finley Finley Smith Finley Smith. Like Finley Smith is really underrated, bro. I feel like a lot of people don't know about him. And 
that man can guard like four different spots. Yo, so, you always been the guy to, to like find the underrated guard people no, in the league what I and do, just rock man. with them. <laughs> so you gotta finish. find the gems, man. You gotta find nah, the gems. Nah, man. you know you know what's funny about that though? Because so and, and it's funny because we're in the we're in an era where like everybody loves the superstars. But as much right. as the superstars are important, like you just said, the gems are just important. There's more gems in the league than there are superstars. Like there's exactly. more role players than there are superstars. So exactly. you need to be well versed in your in your role players to be able to build a solid franchise in the NBA. Exactly. Exactly. What's the saying though? Superstars win games and role players win championships. You know mm. what I mean? So I, I, I honestly never heard that. That's my first time hearing. I, I was always win, defense win championships, yeah. offense win games Yo, or whatever. But I mean, I mean, makes since sense. high school, I've been putting you know basketball knowledge in your head. So I, <laughs> I, you know, I'm glad I can give that to you. Nah, it's man, it's man. <laughs> but now nah, go, yeah. go, going back to um to to, to uh, what's it called Luca and Porzingis. I, they kind of remind me of a little bit of like Steve Nash and Dirk, like early, early, early mm. Mavericks days. So I feel like Luca yeah. would be better off play, running a one or two next to Porzingis right. in a situation where he's right. playing a four or five instead of both of them being in the front court together at the same time. Right, 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 right. That's for sure. I, the thing I, the thing I'm, I'm like worried about though is I don't know. If, like Luca, he's a great facilitator, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if he can be an like he can't be a main facilitator. Like I feel like their point guard position is really lacking right now. Like I feel like Luca is best suited as like an off guard. You know what I mean? Where he's your secondary uh, ball handler rather than, rather than your primary, right? Because mm-hmm. his issue is like he sometimes if you see him, he's out there on the perimeter, you know, dribbling, 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 right? Uh, rather than getting set in the offense. And yeah, I saw like a game when they were against the Clippers, right? Uh, Porzingis kind of got on the switch and he had Kawhi on him. And we know Kawhi's not a mismatch, but mm-hmm. you know he's seven four and he's calling for the ball. And Luca's waving him off because he's got a, a, a bigger guy on him and then he's turning the ball over. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I feel like if you have the right point guard where he can, you know, set the pace, get Luca going, and not having him, not having to have him worry about being the primary facilitator, then you know, I mean, the sky's the limit for them. So I think they just missing that piece there. But I definitely think they're gonna be fighting for a playoff spot for sure. So. We'll talk about playoffs in a little bit, but I definitely agree with you with um with you in the sense that them having another lead guard uh, um next to Luca will be beneficial because now, like you just said, Luca doesn't have to worry about facilitating as much. And off the ball, Luca's a great passer regardless. So so he's oh he's right. very he's very good with like playing off the ball and finding that third that second that third that fourth pass in the exactly. offense instead of him having to be the one to set everything up. And he's also a one he's a great knockdown shooter as well too. So him playing Thanks. off the ball, he also gets to play to that knockdown strength as well. Facts, exactly. I mean, exactly. like JJ, you can't really expect JJ Barea to be that guard or Seth Curry to be that guard. Seth Curry himself right. is a knockdown shooter, so it's like right. they are. That is the whole. But they do, they do have um your boy from um, what you call it, I don't, North Carolina. I don't know if it's North Carolina or Villano- Villanova. You talking about Jalen uh, Brunson. Brunson? Yeah, that's yeah, Villanova. Brunson. I'm bugging. Yeah, no, nah, no, nah, nah. he's from Villanova. Villanova. But yeah, yeah, nah. Brunson, Brunson is nice, bro. Don't sleep on him. That's, what, that's what I'm saying. They do have, like, he may be that league. He may have to step up and be that league guard. Maybe if right. it's not this season, but the, in his third season, his fourth season, something something like that going down the right. line. But I agree. I, I think Luka would be better off in a situation when he's running the two or even the three. Like, listen, like, going back to, uh, this is going this is going to renege my previous point, but even if right. Luka could run the three, that'd be perfect because he, he'll be hey. playing off the ball and him and Porzingis would still be able to complement each other in the front court right. and not, right. like, clash too much and be right next to each right. other. Right, but they you know, the thing about that too is like even him at the three, like like you said, like he can he can come off the ball, he can come off the ball rather than be on the ball all the time. But they they did a lot of crazy shit with their contracts, bro. Like they signed Dylan Wright to like what nine mil a year. They signed Seth Curry to eight mil a year. They got Brunson, so they got Berea. So I mean I don't know where they're going with it, but 
you know, I'm interested to see how they go with it and, and what they set up for sure. Yeah, they they were one of the team. I w- I was hoping that they can land like they were they were going to be able to land like a D'Angelo Russell type of player at in the in the in the postseason, not the postseason. What I'm talking about the um the off season, excuse off-season, me. Yeah, but yeah, they, yeah. They, they 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 didn't get a point guard, and even I remember there was a point in time where when um Jimmy Butler and 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 uh, Minnesota were they working out the trade to get him right. to send him to Miami. There was a there was a particular trade that sent. What's his What's his guy name from on Miami? Going Dragic to to Dallas, and I thought that was oh, perfect. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, Dallas, like you just said, move. with the contract situation, they weren't willing to take on his contract. But that would have right, been a, right. he, he'd have been perfect next to Luca. That'd be yeah. That'd have been a he'd have been the perfect sure. guy next to Luca. Definitely, definitely for sure. But you do you think sure. that as, as they're currently constructed, they'll be able to compete for a playoff spot? You said. I de- yo I definitely think they 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 hundred percent compete for a playoff spot. Not only because of how they constructed, but. I don't know, Rick Carlisle, bro. That guy's a, he's a mastermind. You know what I mean? So yeah, he's great he with X's. Definitely yeah, great with exactly. X's. And, and he great, he great, exactly. great with that. But that here's the thing, though. Being that he's a great X's and O's coach, and Luca is a great playmaker, like that may just foreshadow all of the shit that we're talking about as far as like that is him true. being the league guard and so on and so forth. So I that mean, is definitely you fact, have yeah. to wait and see. I I did like the way that they used Porzingis in the preseason, as far as like there's a particular play that they ran where like Porzingis. He either it gives him two options. Either if the if the defense overplays on the three point, he'll be able to cut to the basket and get a dunk. And if they right. overplay on the on the arm on him cutting to the basket, he'll be able to get a three point shot. So there's right. a particular play where he always ends up in the wing doing that doing that same action where either way y'all overplay me, I'll be able to to bite. So it's like Rick Carlisle is a great X and O's coach to watch, but I I do I do I do wish that they had a point guard to run next to him. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in, in seeing what they got going on for sure, bro. For sure. I'm I'm also I'm also very big on um the Celtics this year. I, I want to see them ball out. Oh man. I want to see them ball oh, out. Oh and, and not and, and, and let me rephrase that. <laughs> let me let me rephrase that because that, that kind of sounds a little that sounds that sounds a little wack. It's not that I want to yeah. see them ball out like I want to see them win a championship, but right, I want right, right. I want to watch the Celtics this year, I should say. Uh, uh, That's a better way to, to put we, it. Yo, we from New York. You can't be no Celtics fan from New York, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, 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 right I had there. To Shout out. That. Shout out to that boy Anthony Debon if he listens. Yo, yo, yo I remember son, him. Yo, shout, yeah. shout, shout out to him, son. <laughs> from from shout out to the and shout out to the whole entire uh, NBA news and discussion Facebook group. Thanks, man. We've like, been in there for seven years yo. now, bro. <laughs> yo, I remember in high school that that was the group that helped me elevate like my little thought process on basketball. Right, like, yeah, all right, basketball right, is a lot bigger yeah. than just you know running down the court and getting <laughs> exactly. a time off. Exactly, bro. That's and, and, and he was definitely one of the Celtics fans from time, like from high school days. Like he was big right. on the Celtics as well, too. Right, so right. Shout, shout that out boy to him bleeds, if listening. That boy bleeds green for sure. That's nah, he crazy. definitely does. That's and and uh, if 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 for, for a man that bleeds green, it's gonna be a good season for him because Brad Stevens finally has like that college kind of team again where he can experiment sure. with lineups, and that's right, the type right, of team right. that Brad Stevens flourishes on. Like when right. he doesn't have to deal with a guy like and and I'm not blaming I'm not putting I spoke about this a couple of episodes I'm not too, putting too much blame on Kyrie for last year's season right, right but it's the fact that now he replaced him with a guy like Kemba who'll be more willing to just to buy into whatever he's he's right, pitching right. and play ball like right. you said that's right. a perfect team for Brad Stevens but see but see this is the thing bro you told him about you can't put the blame on Kyrie Irving I can put all the blame on Kyrie Irving Why you is know that? what I mean because Kyrie Irving said yo. I'm tired of playing with LeBron James, right? He mm-hmm. said, he said, I'm I'm tired of going to the NBA Finals. That's basically what he said, right? <laughs> he said, I'm, and what a lot of people don't know is Kyrie Irving, that year he was on, this, the the last year he was on the, the Cavaliers, right? Mm-hmm. That man led the league in dribbles, and he also scored 25 points a game, Sounds right? Like I don't know dribbles. about you, though. I don't know about you, though, bro. 
that sounds like a man that's touching the ball also while experiencing success, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he he asked for his way out of there. He went to the Celtics. He got to the Celtics. And the Celtics were running a great team-oriented offense, right? Mm-hmm. It was winning games. Obviously, they weren't title contenders. Right. But you would think adding a perennial all-star like Kyrie Irving to the mix would turn that team from a playoff team to a contender, right? Right. No, the team ended up getting knocked out in the second <laughs> round. Probably did a little bit worse than they did the last year, which is crazy. You you can't say that's not Kyrie Irving's fault. You know right. what I mean? You can't say you can't say the blame can't be put on his shoulders. Two things so. then. Two things to rebuttal to that. All right. So when I say that yeah. when I say I don't fully blame Kyrie, I don't fully blame Kyrie for the way that he that he was behaving. I'm not right. sure if you saw the um the press conference of him in Brooklyn where he spoke about the last year's season and him losing his grandfather and him not being able to fully process ah, his okay. grandfather and okay. him and how that affected his behavior. That's right. why I say I won't I don't blame the way now oh, Grant, okay. yes, he's a grown ass man and you gotta you gotta be held accountable for how you act. Right, right. And he did take accountability for that. But the reason right. why I say I don't blame him as far as like the introversion that you saw from him as a per, as a personality type last year is because right. in his personal life there was a lot going on that he wasn't able to fully address. And the reason right, the second right. reason why I don't fully blame Kyrie is because look at Jason Tatum, man. The way yeah, Jason true. Tatum, when Jason Tatum came back in year two, all he did was just take a bunch of long tools and, and fail to yeah. drive to the basket. You feel <laughs> right, me? Right. That, that in is it, a fact. Bro, that, that in itself fact. plays into the, yeah. the fact that the Celtics weren't as good as they were um, um, last year. Right. I mean, even right. before that. That's true. That's true. But but I think, like you said, though, Jason Tatum took a lot of bad shots. But like as a leader, as Kyrie Irving being the best player, and, and, and granted, all his personal stuff going on, I, I had no idea any of that was taken into account and everything like that. But... All that aside, though, when you get on the court, though, you know what I mean, you got you got to play to your ability. You can't you can't have guys on the court that's getting the ball in spots that they're not supposed to get it. But mm. like like you said, with Tatum, Tatum and and I don't know, I don't know about you and what you think, bro. But Tatum is a little overrated to me. Mm. Like you said, he's taking a bunch of long twos. He's backing down guys and shooting over the top of them. Like that's not the the recipe for an NBA scorer. You know what I mean? So. It sounds like a little Rudy Gayish in, uh, <laughs> in Toronto, right? It's there. A, so, a little Rudy Gay. <laughs> nah, Rudy Gay in Toronto. That was that was that was a that was a strange that was a strange that situation. Was a disgusting fit. That was a disgusting it was. Fit. Let me ask you this though: Who who's to blame for um for Jason Tatum's play last year? Is it is it Kobe Bryant, the trainer with Kobe Bryant? Is it Kyrie Irving oh. for not getting him the ball in the right spots? Or is it Brad Stevens for not putting him in the right spots to get the ball where he should be more I, effective? See, I think it's a combination of. The latter two, so not the Kobe Bryant thing, because I, you know, training with Kobe, Kobe is great. So it's like you, he's gonna tell you to take some bad shots, but you know, what I mean, he's gonna give you the footwork of a god, you right? Know what I mean, yeah. In crazy. addition to all the bad shots he's gonna tell you, is it's a lot more good that he's gonna do for you. Exactly. I get exactly. that. I get that. I get that. I, I think it has a lot to do with Kyrie. Like you know, Kyrie is a, is a different breed kind of point guard. He's gonna dribble the ball into the ground. He's not gonna make the right like like there's there's. Uh, ought to play in point guard in the league. You know what I mean? So when you get the ball and you come down the court, like CP, right? Mm-hmm. CP knows where everybody wants the ball. He knows how to get, who to get the ball to and when to get it to. Right. Kyrie's the kind of guy, he's going to break the defense down off of his dribbles and you're going to catch the ball when he wants you to catch the ball. He's not going to see that shit basically, you know, like Tatum. You know what I mean? Like Tatum, Tatum needs to have somebody that gets him going. You know what I mean? So, I get that. you know, Tatum, here's the ball on this spot on the floor. You know what I mean? Go get your, go get a bucket. You know what I mean? He can't wait off the wing, catch the ball, ten seconds left, and pull up. Uh, with, with you know, with, with that amount of time on the clock, he's got to have an offense that runs through him. I think that's part of it. I also think Brad Stevens is part of it, and I also think it has to do with Jason Tatum's development. You know what I mean? Last year he's not he like I don't know if you see him this year. He looks a lot more brolic. 
You know what I mean? The boy looked like he'd been eating right. steroids for breakfast. You know I, mean? so <laughs> I think that, I feel like this year he's going to have a lot more muscle. He's going to get to the basket a lot easier. He's going to, you know, draw and create more contact rather than forcing those long shots that we were talking about before. So we'll see what happens. But I definitely think, you know, it's a combination of the last two rather than the, the, the first one. So. Well, from from Tatum's perspective, I think that um well so two things Kyrie's gone so that's 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 problem number one in your according mm-hmm. to your, your um your logic problem number one that's is a gone. fact that's a and, fact and um two Brad we gonna have to see what Brad Stevens does Brad Stevens always flourishes with these type of teams I feel like anytime you give Brad Stevens like a, a and maybe maybe this is a small sample size because he only spent two years with Kyrie and that that was right. a strange situation in itself but we right. saw that him. Having to having to work with a superstar ta- caliber player, superstar talent player, it wasn't the best of things. But was the best fit, what right? I was saying with, yeah. from Jason Tatum's perspective, everything that I've been reading about him points towards him realizing that yo, the way that I was playing last year was not the way that I should be playing. So it right. sounds like it seems like Jason Tatum is holding himself accountable for the way that he played last year instead of just placing the blame on the way that the things were run via the offense or because of Kyrie Irving things of that nature. Right. And I think for that reason alone. He'll take the next step and he'll have a better season than he did the season before that. I don't think he's overrated, in my opinion. Me personally, I don't think he's overrated. The only issue I have with him is the fact that he his boy handling wasn't as tight and wasn't as right. sharp. And but and because his boy handling wasn't as tight and as sharp, he wasn't able to create his shots for himself as effectively as I as I thought he could, or as effectively be, yeah. as he was in Duke when the competition wasn't as good. But right, like right. I said, everything I've been reading about him indicates to me that yo, he's gonna take that leap. We'll see. Yeah, we'll definitely, we'll definitely. I, I, def, I, I can see it. I can see it, bro. I you got it. I can see it. I can see it for sure. But, but you know, it's crazy though. But the the thing is though, outside of yeah, we know Jason Tatum is supposed to take a leap or whatever. The thing is, the Celtics still have two other forwards. It's two, two other good forwards too. That, so oh, all right. So that's so how that, do, how does this even fit into the rotation? And two other good forwards and, and, and Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown. That is. See, that's the thing, bro. I don't even think, like, you know, I feel like Tatum is obviously the most, he's the best player, like, skill-wise, right? Talent-wise, everything like that. I agree. But I think their most important player this season, and I think the player that's going to, you know, shock a lot of people is Gordon Hayward. You know what I mean? I think we're forgetting what kind of player Gordon Hayward was just two years ago. True. He was was the pickup of, he was one of the pickups of the summer for the Celtics. That summer, right. You know what I mean? It just so happens that he broke his leg first game. Exactly. And this is a guy that can, in the league that dropped 20 points, five rebounds, five assists, any given night can play, you know, pretty good defense. And is a guy that's kind of like the glue on the team. You know what I mean? And I feel like two years removed from that, because this is kind of the time when, you know, Paul George broke his shit that he came back and he came back a lot stronger. It was right. like a two year mark. That's when we really saw the Paul George. So I think, you know, under Brad Stevens system, you know, uh, under him having that two year confidence and, you know, Kyrie kind of being gone. So, you know, a lot of people and, and Rosier was a big thing too, bro. People don't realize how big of Rosier was a cancer in that locker room. So you think he was a cancer? Going, yeah, bro. He was bad in that locker room, bro. From the stuff I was reading, like he was he was one of the ones that was having the issues with Kyrie and Gordon Hayward. I don't know if you remember last year, he actually brought it up and was like, "Yo, Gordon Hayward is get on the uh, first take." He was like, "Gordon Hayward's getting special treatment." You know right. what I mean? So <laughs> he did bring it up. Yeah, first <laughs> so, yeah, I, yeah, nah, I go front. That first take appearance was mixy. That first take appearance was mixy, bro. He was wild. Exactly, exactly. So I, I think I think that Gordon Hayward, you know, is the t- the player on the Celtics. I think that will make a, a big difference. And, you know, Jalen Brown, as much as I hate him for, for asking for all this bread, bro, that man, uh, he, he's all right. You know what I mean? He's all right. He's all right. <laughs> he's all right. The only thing I think they struggle with, though, is rim protection. Rim protection for them is going to be Yeah, I was, was going to say they bigs and shakes, bad. man. They bigs and shakes. Yo, yo Kemba, Let too, it. bro. Kemba revolving door, bro. <laughs> <laughs> 
Nah, I mean, uh, I mean, I, the thing is though, he'll, you have you have to play um Kemba with Marcus Smart all the time. That's true. All yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Because the that moment you take Marcus Smart off the floor, it's lit for y'all. It's lit for them. They getting yeah. they getting lit up. Right. Exactly. exactly. So I mean, defensively, they're gonna, they gonna be a little shakes, but yeah, they deep though. I forgot all about Smart. They definitely deep. Yeah, and they got and, and they, they got um Ennis Cantor as well too. But Ennis Cantor, right. he's also a revolving door in defense. So yeah, it's like exactly, you got to bring him off the bench. So what you what do you think about them? You think they're gonna be a top four seed? Yeah, I mean the East is wide open, bro. Like I feel like at the end of the day, I was looking through all the East teams. The East is still not very competitive, so I think they still have the tools and the and the pieces to be a top four team in that in that in that um conference. Because think about it, who else okay. in the East? It's Philly. There's Milwaukee, and then you feel me? After Philly, and Milwaukee, right. who's really uh an issue? That is true. What are you gonna like, say? It's wide open after that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Philly, I don't even know. Like, like, I don't know if you want to talk about Philly though, because that's one of the teams I got. We can um, I'm looking forward to man. I mean, what do we? We could we could put a button on the Celtics. I think I think we touched on everything for the Celtics. Yeah. I we, we as far as Philly, what don't you know? What's what's the red flags for you for Philly? Bro, Philly, like uh, Philly is a team that is scary to me, and they scary in, in 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 the way that they can be a disaster this year to me, or they can be one of the like one of the top three teams in the league. Let's stay like a disaster the, for a little bit. How, what, what makes you think okay. they, they could be? What what pieces indicate that they could be a disaster? So i i like the I like the fact that they got a lot of size on the court, right? So they got the ability to rebound. They got you know they got the the rim protection and different things like that with Horford and Embiid. Mm-hmm. I think people don't realize how badly Ben Simmons is playing out of position, bro. Like the man is not an NBA point guard. Like he. He's a guy, he's he's more like Giannis than LeBron to me, right? And when I say Giannis, if you realize what the Bucs did to make Giannis successful was, they realized Giannis' perimeter game was kind of sus, right? So what did they do? They got rid of Parker, who was at the four, who was taking up space on the floor. Mm-hmm. They put Giannis down to the four, and then they put Middleton down to the three. That way, the, the floor is spread wide open. Giannis can now be more of a secondary or a... Or a uh, cold ball handler with Bledsoe, rather than being a primary ball handler on the perimeter, which I think Ben Simmons would would flourish in that role. You know what I mean? So if you slide him down to the four, mm-hmm. rather than him having to bring the ball up the court, what this actually does is like on the on the four when he's playing the four, he can now rebound closer to the basket and he can push it rather than having to set the the offense up from the three point line, which he has no perimeter jump shot and he just destroyed the offense last year in the playoffs. Like he. They, yeah, it was that, so bad. It was, they, it was they very had to, super stagnant. Super yeah, bro, they, stagnant. They had to drop him down and make Jimmy Butler on point guard. That's how bad it was. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but weird. I think if 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 they if they did that, if they dropped him down to the full, rather than getting Al Horford and went after a guy like Kemba to me and put a perimeter scorer like that and had Ben Simmons be their secondary ball handler, bro, I think that would have been a lot better than that super jumbo lineup they're running right now. But like I said, the the I mean. I, I can see some benefits there, but I don't know. I, that's the thing. I don't know. So right now, as currently constructed, their their starting lineup would be Ben Simmons at the one. Right. It would be. I'm looking at the roster right now. Who would I even want to put the two out there? Because they, they they lost JJ. JJ is on. Rich, Richardson. Richardson is definitely running two. Yeah. Josh Richardson would be running two for them. Their point guard, not point guard. Their small forward would be. Tobias. Tobias. I forgot they got Tobias. Tobias, Tobias yeah. gives him extra scoring. They lost Jimmy. Right. Kept the kept the kept Tobias. Excuse me. Al Hofer right. would be at the four, and then Joel and B would be at the five. That is that, that's the thing though. That's that's a very that's a huge lineup, and I think yeah, they got some dude on the, on the team that's seven four. Never heard this man. Christ seven. His name Christ. Is Christ Kojima. I don't know. I, can't Wait, I, I think that man came from. Uh, I I don't know if this is a guy, but I think he came from Nigeria, bro. 
That man is yo the lankiest motherfucker you ever seen. Shit, like, <laughs> crazy. Whatever, but uh, I think that um, so so European, they pretty much got caught up in the in the in the um, not even I guess the idea of him being like the six ten point guard, more so right. when they should have been focused on him being more like a Lamar Odom type of guy. Exactly, bro. That's and exactly you you put it. Yo, that was perfect, bro. They they were obsessed and enamored with you know making him happy because he came when he first started playing point guard. And they tried to tell him, like, hey, we're going we're gonna to swing you back down. He was against that idea. Like, point guard is the position you wanted to play. So I think more so appeasing him, they they fully integrated him into point guard. And, and you know what I mean? I, I don't know. His jump shot has, you know, has to get better for him to play point guard in the NBA. So mm, There's something I really, didn't, I really didn't think about. The fact that he probably would have been better off, like, with um, them getting a, them going after a guard like Kember, throwing him at the four instead. That's something I'm sitting here thinking about. Like, that actually makes perfect sense. So right. do, you, do you think that – um and listen, we saw all the highlights over the summer of him working on his jumper, playing um playing and pick-up basketball, stuff like that. Granted, he looks a lot more confident in over the summer shooting that jumper. You got to take into consideration who he's playing against in the summer games. Right. And also That's in the preseason right. when he made that three-point in the preseason, he didn't take another one after that. So <laughs> – <laughs> nah, he dead didn't, bro. He dead didn't. He didn't. Yeah. And and Bleacher Report is good for that. Bleacher Report is good for 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 hitting your phone with a crazy, That's a with a fact, crazy bro. like one liner that just that that forces you to touch the ad, like that forces you to That's touch the fact, um, notification. And then, master and then, marketers, man. bro. Master marketers, man. They're hitting you, yo, bro. They're hitting you. They're hitting you on your notification center <laughs> with highlights, bro. That's crazy. That's amazing to me. <laughs> but um, they they're known for doing that and hyping it up, and they'll have everybody just singing the Ben Simmons praises because oh my god, he made a three point in the NBA game, right. and everybody forgets that he did not take another one after that. And right, right, right. I, I'm I'm wondering. I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm wondering if I'm wondering if he uh, he'll at least take at least one three point in a game. But being that he didn't take one after that one in the preseason, I don't I don't even know if that if that even if that's enough for us to get excited about. Because I think about it like this: if Ben Simmons could take one to two three pointers a game, and even if he makes three three pointers a week, that still spreads the offense out just a little bit more. Right. Like that that right. keeps the defense just a little bit more honest. But it's just like right. we're asking a guy to go from not taking any three pointers at all to being a three point shooter. That's a lot to ask for. That's a lot That's to ask fact. for, and that and li- literally that thing alone is what depends on them being a contender or not. Because him knocking down that three pointer consistently, or him knocking down the jumper consistently, all that opens up the floor wide for them. And right now, they need the floor to be more wide than anything else. Because, like you said, and like we all know, they just acquired another big in Al Horford, and these right. this is another guy who can only play that four of the five alone with Joel Embiid, who can only play that four of the five. So it's like right. they need the floor to be as open as possible this year, and it's just like I'm, it's a lot. It's, it's still very blurred as far as Ben Simmons jumper goes going into the season. I don't know how to feel about that. That's a fact. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. It, like everything, everything hinges on his jump shot. I'm, I'm gonna back up though for a second, if you don't mind, bro. So yeah, like, yeah, we good, we good. Uh, like yo, I don't know if I if if it was just me, but if I'm like Ben Simmons, bro, I, I know I'm an NBA All Star. I'm making 170 million dollars, but I would get tight. If niggas is just going crazy, like we just won a championship because I won, I made a three pointer in the preseason, bro. Yo, like that. Was and I thought about that. I thought about the same son. thing because did you did you see yeah. the video of of the bar in Philly when everybody went crazy? Yeah, they went, bro. bro. That's disrespectful, son. First of all, that's disrespectful. First of all, why was why why was a phone out? I had no idea. You feel me? Like, I had no why, idea. like, in order for them to catch, like, think about that for a second, bro. Put yourself in the in, right. the, in, the, in the cameraman's shoes, like, right? He timed that so perfectly that we saw 
Ben Simmons get taunted to take the jumper. We saw him pull up for the jumper, and we saw the 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 um the bar's reaction to that. Like, why was it's your like why was your phone even it's out like to like movie, anticipate that? that? Like that was weird bro. to me, bro. That was weird. I can't lie. That's like a movie, though. It's like they playing that shit perfectly. I don't know, but I, I definitely agree with you on that, man. Because it's like, yo, I'm, 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 I think Ben Simmons was number one pick in his draft. Don't quote me on that. I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure right now. It's 2016. Yeah, he was number one pick in his draft. He was. I'm yeah. making 170 mil, and the crowd is going crazy off of a preseason three pointer. Three pointer. If bro. anything, man, at the same time, anything though, that would motivate me to really be knocking my shits down come season time. Exactly. Oh, and not even knocking it down, though, bro. Just taking it. You know, like I, I gotta take this shit. I'm gonna take it every time. You know, what I mean, I'm gonna miss a hundred of them. I'm still gonna take it. The, the knock sure. on him has always been that he could, like, he was a good shooter at some point. He just never took him. Ah, uh, okay. So, I, I guess, I guess he just has to, he just had to rebuild that confidence. But here's the thing, though: right. in crunch time, you're always gonna go back to what you're most comfortable doing. And I, I don't right. know, I don't know if he, I don't know if he's. I doubt that he's gonna be as comfortable taking threes in, in crunch time as 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 he is going to the basket and trying to create something. Right. So it's like. His bread and butter is still getting to the basket in that little mini jump hook he does. So I mean, right. it may be it may be plausible to, to jack that when crunch time comes. Don't expect him to settle for a three because yes, that right. would be settling in his eyes because I can just get to the basket. So I don't know. I'm Bro, still I, the verdict is still out on Philly if you ask me. Right, yo, that's actually honestly that's a, I, I want to revert back if you don't mind. Like that's that's an amazing point though. Like in crunch time, who is going to be that guy for him? Because I, I you know like the NBA the way it is today. I can't see you throwing it into MB with two se- with ten seconds left on jump on the, on the, on the clock. You feel me? Like that's not that's not something you can do in today's league. And then true, true. who is that guy that can create on the perimeter form? Like I know Josh Richardson can create his own shot from time to time, but You're last not year put the you ball had in his hands though. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. You're gonna put it in either Simmons or Embiid's hands, and Embiid is a center, so he's kind of limited on what he can create. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, I know he get out there and he get he get crazy with his jump shot, but. You're not about to throw it to him like that. So, like, who's going to be that guy? Like, last year they had Butler, and he was perfect in that role. In that role, right. But, you know what I mean? So, I mean, and what's crazy is, though, last year we could have seen uh, Philly as the NBA champions, though. So, I, I don't know about you. I feel like they should just run it back. They should have gave Butler his money. So. I, I don't think Jimmy wanted to be there, man. I don't think Jimmy wanted to be there. Man. Man, I, don't I, don't, I don't know. What, I, don't, but I don't know what's good with Jimmy, bro. Right. It's, very hard to, it's, it's very hard to predict what, what guys are thinking, but. I, I don't know if you want to be there, to be honest. Man. And uh, if, if you're asking me, though, if, if you're asking me who should be who should get the ball across time, AI, AI 2.0, man. My son Trey Burke is out there. <laughs> My son Trey Burke cut is his, out there. Yo, he cut his braids off, though, bro. He ain't AI no more. That was his power. He like Samson. He <laughs> son said soul. he like Samson. Yeah, he's like Samson, yo. Stay that far away from soul. Delilah. That ass. <laughs> 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 nah, but I mean, I'm still going. I'm still looking forward to seeing Philly this year and seeing how they're gonna figure sure. out all, all of the issues that we listed. I mean, but Philly is one of those teams as well too, especially because they're in the Eastern Conference. They're a postseason team. Like whatever they do in the regular season doesn't really have much merit. Merit. It, merit, it really right, like yeah. we're really focused on the post. Like we're, they're at that stage already. Yes, they they're very young. It's a very young team. They two they two best players are only what 23 and 25 respectively. And um, right. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. If I have to age right, I'm not 100 percent sure. So it's like, they're, but they're already at that stage where it's like, yo, we only care about what y'all do in the postseason. So I guess right. this the regular season will be a lot of, the regular season will chilling. be Brett Brown. They'll be chilling, yes, and they'll be coasting a lot because they're in the East. But if Brett Brown is smart, 
he would use that time to really figure out and to really like miss and, and, and get his lineups right so that when postseason comes around, they have a closer. They have an, a contingency plan in the, in, the, in the event that Ben Simmons' jumper isn't falling, which is more right. than likely going to happen. They have a contingency right. plan for that. And what we'll do in the, in the event that we're, and, um, we have to throw the ball in the, into Joel and beat and he gets doubled in XYZ. The regular season is going to be all about building contingency plans around their, the flaws in their lineup for the postseason. So I'm going to be watching a lot of Philly ball this year. Plus, ain't nobody sure, really watching sure. the East, man. Nah, that's a fact, bro. Like, that's, that's what I hate fact. about living on the East Coast. The fact that it'd be it'd be um eight o'clock, it'd be five eight o'clock games, and then we watch that the particular night the, the Hornets. Right, so <laughs> that particular night it'd be good three good ten thirty games. It's like I gotta go to bed, man. I, I can't nah, that's a fact, boy. Like, that's a fact. <laughs> like there was that's mad times last season where I tried to stay up for the ten thirty game, and it just didn't. It just didn't work out, bro. It just didn't work that's out. That's a fact. That's that's a that's a product of getting old, though, bro. That's Chill, don't jack that. We young. Chill, don't jack that. Yeah, I'm wild, young. He's wild. <laughs> I'm wild, young. But yo, yo, but the uh, Braun, Braun. I think Adam Silver. They got because you know all the good teams is out west now. Uh, Adam Silver kind of like knocked those games down, so I think they start like nine o'clock now. So. We gonna we gonna get a little extra extra time. To Yo, watch you know it's crazy though. Nine nine o'clock is a big difference between nine o'clock and ten thirty. So that's a, a huge difference, difference bro. bro. A big huge difference. difference. So if that's big the case, I'm with that. I'm, and I'm 100 percent fine with that. Shouts to Adam Silver if he, if he really indeed did that. Thanks. If he did, what what other teams is out there right now? I, I, I really I'm looking forward to um. I, this is a team we both had on our list as well too. The Denver Nuggets. Denver Nuggets. Ugh. Yeah, I love I love talking Denver basketball. Why, why is that? What do you love so much about Denver? <laughs> Bro, I love I love their roster. Like their roster is young, you know. They got shooting. They got you know Jokic down there doing what he does. But I felt like Denver stayed packed too much last year. You know what I mean? And when I say that, there was two players I think that can have made a world of difference to Denver's postseason run and to their roster. So mm-hmm. number one was Kemba Walker. I don't know if he was going to get traded. And number two was Jimmy Butler. Right? Like. Denver is stuck in that kind of like that second round out right now because they have nobody that's really a, a, a you know, a proven scorer on the perimeter. Yes, Jamal Murray's emerging. Yes, he's he's becoming into a, a great, you know, NBA point guard. But right. I feel like if you put, you know, a scorer on the perimeter with Denver, they, they could have went a lot further than they did last year. Now, with that being said, though, Michael Porter Jr., my man, that yo, bro. I don't know. Bro, I, I feel know. you. What you mean you don't know, bro? Bro, because yo, man, they, they, yo, his, the kid is made out of glass. Yeah, he is made out of glass. That's a fact. You his feel me? Like Michael Porter, glass. he's yeah, a baller, but it's like yeah. at this point, we're going off of high school highlights three years ago. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, he's made out of glass. I can't even do <laughs> that. Right? That nigga is like tissue, son. Sneeze on anything, it's over. Oh, it's that. Sneeze, but uh, like like I said, oh, his talent is there though. It his is definitely, there. definitely. A guy is. That, that that they thought was going to be a number one pick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and it could be a twenty point per game scorer. And if he is anything like we thought he would be, and you add him to that nucleus, bro, I feel like Denver. If he can be next year a fifteen point per game scorer, I feel like they can elevate themselves into the upper echelon of the NBA. Like I know they was last year fighting for the number one seed, but the, you know they were still a second round out. But this year. They can be in that co- that that conversation with the Rockets, you know. What I mean, the Lakers and things like that. But so. are we asking for too much to say that we want him to be able to to score fifteen a game next season, coming into his first uh, season? Bro, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that's that's how talented he is. That he has that ability 
You know what I mean? To score 15 points and grab seven rebounds a game right off the bat. Like, I feel like the talent is right there. And I feel like, you know, on that squad playing next to Jokic, you know, he could do that. So, Shots we'll see from there. Shots my son, Jokic. He, he, he just playing – Um, I hope he has enough energy for the season because he just competed in the World Championships this year. Thanks. That man was down to, like, six beers a night, too, son. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> That nigga oh, is Bill Crazy, son. NBA oh, superstar Bill Crazy. Nah, he is. he Bill Crazy, but it's like, yo, he he definitely the he's in my opinion he the best center in the league. Ah, uh, nah, you wildin'. Who better than than Jokic? Who's better, Demarcus? That man, that man in Philly, son. Demarcus is over, but oh, I'm bugging. I, I mean, that man in Philly. I forgot about, I forgot like, about Joel. I definitely forgot about Joel. That man in Philly, Joel. I, 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 I briefly up, forgot like about Joel. <laughs> But here's the thing. Here's my beef with Joel. In the whole, and I guess this is more so my beef with Ben. I don't like Joel living outside in that three-point line. But, like, that's not him, though. That That's a product of Ben Simmons not being able to shoot. So, Brent Brown has him camping out in the corner. You know what I mean? And that's not what MB wants to do. So, like, I don't think... I, can, I, don't, I can't see you putting that on him, per se. Mm-hmm. I understand it's 2019, bro, but I still want to see Joel and B getting the ball inside with his back to the basket. Right. That's my thing. That's right. that's my only beef with Joel and B. But I mean, Denver Denver's gonna be an interesting team because pretty much what they're doing is running it back, and exactly. they're running it back and they're, and they're adding um, Michael Porter Jr. into the mix. And I just I hope that he can stay healthy throughout this year and give them something. And even right. even if he can't, even if he gives them twelve a game from the wing, bro, that's that's substantial. <clears throat> that's something. Exactly. Like that fills exactly. a hole that they didn't. That fills a, a gap that they had last year in their offense. So that exactly. is something to look forward to. To be right. to be honest with you. Uh, I, I'm definitely, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested in seeing them too. So we'll see what, what mm, happens. I'm trying to see if there's any major teams that stand out to me. Every, oh, I did, I did want to talk about Portland a little bit because they're in an interesting situation. Yeah, what you, what you got for Portland? Portland's in an interesting situation because it's like when you when you look at Portland's roster right now, they only brought back seven players from last year's playoff team. They got right. Dame, they got CJ, they got Nurkic, Scalab is here, Ronnie, um, Ronnie Hood, Zach Collins, and Anthony Simmons. Mm-hmm. Simons, I'm sorry. We could take off Anthony Simons off that list. We could take off Nurkis because he's injured. Skyler Bissier didn't really play that much. So they only really, really bring back four guys from the team last year. Four playoff guys from the team last year. And Dame, CJ, Zach Collins, and Rodney Hood. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't I don't think that um Hassan Whiteside would be able to white I said Whiteside. My bad. Yeah, yeah. it's his name. I'm bugging. <laughs> it's been a minute since I said his name. The tiny I, I even forgot how how to, how, to, how to pronounce it, how to say it. <laughs> A man has been relevant. In a he has been relevant, so. and, ex- and that brings me exactly to my point. I don't believe that Hassan Whiteside will be able to to fill in the gaps that Nurkic had, or fill in the gaps that Nurkic um filled in for the for the Blazers last year. I don't think that he'll be able to do that, and for that reason alone, that's enough for them to not be able to to be a top four seed in the West. And them not being the top I, four seed in the West is enough for them to get knocked around, knocked out in the first round. And again, we find ourselves back in the same place where should the Blazers blow it up? Should the Blazers go left? Should they try something else again? I just, right. I just stay in a very, they're in a very tough spot going into the season. Coming off of a, a great season from Dame and CJ, the two best players. Sure, for sure, for sure. And, and, and you know what? What's funny you said that though. They did bring back five players, but I think a cool thing that they actually did was they addressed a lot of their needs. Though you know what I mean, like bringing in Kent Bazemore was huge for them. True. Like they needed somebody from that perimeter spot mm-hmm. that can number one knock down the three and can defend. Now, they four spot is a little iffy. Like, I don't see what they about to do with the four because looking at their roster, they better bring my son Melo in ASAP. Bro. Yo, bro, why hasn't Melo, yo, why hasn't Melo been a given job. a job, son? Bro, I, I don't understand, yo, like what, yo, 
Melo did something crazy, bro. He just he know a little something about somebody, bro. That nobody no tried to speak on. Exactly, bro. Because like you, you can't tell me there's you know four hundred guys in the league that's better than Melo. You know what I mean? And you, you can't, can't tell, tell me, me there's a hundred. Exactly. And you can't tell me Melo can't get a spot on a on a on a bench. You know what I mean? Coming off the bench, you know, it, there's a lot. There's guys that's worse defenders, and there's guys that's definitely worse scorers. So there's got to be a lot, some type of politic that we don't know about. Somebody's holding something over his head, something right. like that, because that. That just don't make sense to me because that, like a team like Portland, you split, you fit Melo right into that four spot. Yeah, he can't play defense, but he gives them another scoring option that they can deploy. You know, when they when they roll out some different lineups and things like I mean, that. Yeah, so he's he's cooking at that point. He's cooking every four that they throw at him because no four is going to be able to keep up with him. He definitely got slim exactly. as well too. He's always been a quick and a lethal scorer. And right. now you add somebody to their front front court <clears throat> who can actually who can actually score. Now Nurkic was a good scorer. Nurkic last year averaged fifteen and ten. And he's he has right. great footwork, very soft touch around the basket. I, 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 great playmaker as well too. Great pick and roll man as well too. So like right. yeah, again, he complimented, he he gave CJ and Dame the platform to flourish because Green being a great pick and roll man, being a great off ball playmaker for them, being being able to throw him the ball down low and, and his great footwork and soft touch around the basket was great. A great compliment to CJ and Dame. However, Portland has never really had a guy in their front court. Who was who is the caliber of scorer as Melo? So I mean, they should definitely give him a give him a call. He should definitely take a look at him. I know Dame definitely said that he asked Melo to come a couple of times, and Melo just never really spoke on it. So he stopped asking him by now. <laughs> nah, real talk. I mean, at the end of the day, bro, think about it. Yo, at the end of the day, that, that may be a factor too. Melo be Melo may just that be like, yo, true. I'm not really trying to play in Portland. Nah, like, I'm not trying to that live is in Portland. True, right? <laughs> Man, yeah, he was he was uh, what was he in uh, Denver? He was not feeling that. You know, Portland's right there, so you know that geographic location might not. May not work for Word him, at so. the <laughs> I mean, yeah. mountains and shit. Yo, the Midwest yeah, just may not really it. be his thing. Like that, that, that Northwest just may not really be his energy. We we don't know. Yeah, the the altitude may respect. be a little bit too high for him altogether. Too high, like, yo, there, yo. I'm good off the that. The air is too thin. The boy. air is too thin for me out there. <laughs> I feel I feel him, man. If that's the case, listen, you entitled to be like, yo, it's a dub. Like I got my money. I I, right. I I'll just play off season ball. Like I'll come practice every now and then. Play a couple of pickup games on outside of the league. Like, are you you fine? You valid? But yeah, drop those tapes on the gram. Right, yeah. but it's just I just looking at teams like Brooklyn, the Portlands of the world. Like you can't sit here and tell me that Melo can't be serviceable on some of these rosters. Exactly. Even a, even like a, I, even in Indiana, if, if they get if they if they get Victor Oladipo back in a timely manner, this shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then another team I was thinking the Lakers. Like you can't tell me like I know they got a plethora of like forwards right now, like Kuzma, Braun. Anthony Davis, but you can't tell me you add a mellow to a lineup with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You can't tell me that man can't be a lethal fifteen point per game scorer okay. as like a fourth a fourth guy on the court. You right. know what I mean? So that's that's another option that I think I think had Magic Johnson been there, like I feel like he would have been a Laker by now. So mm. I don't know. I don't I don't know what's going with Braun though, guys. Banana bro just sitting on the sidelines. Sit on the sidelines like that, man. What's going on? This, huh? Something's yeah. going on behind the scenes that we just that. don't got nothing. It's, it's out of our pay grade, out of our pay scale. Right. We just don't got nothing right. to speak on. But like, listen, I look at it like from you, I'm going back on something you just said. Looking at it from this perspective, right? Melo is my fourth best player. How can you go wrong with that? Exactly. Melo at four. is my third best player. player. How could you go wrong with that? You know what I'm saying? Uh, see, I I don't know about third best. Third? Best Not even yeah, third? Yeah, third? Third, I don't know. But we just said Portland, though. Know. On Portland, he'd be the Port- third best player. I don't. But if Nurkic comes back, he'll still he'll he'll slot to that fourth best uh, player right there. But yeah. if, if it's just him, like it, it, on a team like Portland that has no other choice because they cap strapped, they don't really got much much of the, uh, of a chance a chance in terms of upgrading their roster via trade and stuff like that. 
definitely adding a mellow. Well, one more thing though, bro. I, I think I think what we sleeping on with Portland though is Whiteside's contract is definitely tradable. Yo, yeah. Not only is it tradable, but he's also in a contract year. Exactly. So a motivated white we saw what a motivated white side did in Miami. So mm. like having a two-headed monster with white side coming off the bench, Nurkic coming. You know, I mean, that's gonna be crazy. But another thing you could do with that white side contract, you swing that over to Cleveland or something like that. You pick or, up a Kevin or Love. Kevin Love, right? Yeah. Bro, I forgot my son Love Kevin Love me. is playing this year. Yeah, Kevin Love to me, bro. You you pick him up this year, he he has more value than he has in years past. Because the Golden State Warriors aren't the Golden State Warriors no more. So right. you don't really have to run him at the five out of fear that, you know, if he's gone in Draymond Green, they about to switch him and pick and rollers and, you know, eat him for, you know what I mean, just destroy him. So, you know what I mean? So pause. But, you know what I mean? You can, you can, <laughs> definitely, you can definitely see how that, how that, how, how picking up Kevin Love in Portland would definitely work out for sure. I, I hope Kevin Love gets out of Cleveland this year. Let's just leave it at that. Like, I hope, That's I true. hope. He doesn't have to waste his time in Cleveland this year. Like we, I want to see like even if a you a team like Utah come knocking on the door, a team like yeah. Indiana come knocking on the door. Like I hope somebody makes a trade for Kevin Love this year. Like I want to see Kevin Love play playoff basketball again. Yeah. Utah would be a fit though. Utah would be, be a great elite. fit. Utah would be a great fit. I, I'm actually I'm yeah. actually looking forward. We can talk about this a little later. I'm actually looking forward to seeing how Donovan Mitchell's gonna play this year over in Utah. But um, I don't. There's not really many teams. Well, we actually I do want to talk about the Warriors for a little bit. I think that um just now, now that we're on this this team session, I definitely think that both Draymond and Steph are going into this year with a chip on their shoulder, with a huge rock yeah. on their shoulder, specifically probably probably <laughs> probably more Jay, probably more Draymond than anything rock, else. Son. No, rock. Draymond's <laughs> pulling up with a rock on his shoulder, bro. Hundred percent. Because you got to think know. about Nick, it. What was you gonna? You don't know what? Why don't you know? Oh, I, bro. I like I said, I, I've been saying this for years, bro. Draymond Green is a great defender, but offensively, bro. He he like he's made by Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, not even more so Kevin Durant. And you know, I feel like Steph this year is gonna see more double teams more than anything. They're gonna jam up that offense, that motion offense. So, you know, what I mean Draymond's gonna have to create a little bit more. I don't know if he can do that, bro. Be honest with you. <laughs> I don't know if he can do that. He's gonna have to create a little like ball. I don't know if he can do that. Yeah. Say he dribbled like a sick. He dribbled like a second. It's not saying he shoot he shoot like he got a book bag on. <laughs> like he had a book bag on. <laughs> nah, that video's hilarious, man. That video's jokes. Yeah, that's a- Nah, my thing is this though. Draymond, Draymond is very big on yo the um the two thousand like he's still two thousand fifteen Warriors in his head, two thousand sixteen seventeen Warriors in his head. That's 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 the image that he has of Golden State in his mind. So even when Kevin Durant, like I, I feel like when Kevin Durant came to the Warriors, Draymond's mentality was always like deep down the side, like yo we don't not to say that we don't we don't want this guy, like we'll take him, he's here, we'll take him, but. I think that in Draymond's mind, it was always, yo, we don't need this guy. Like, we're still pretty good without this guy. And it it right. changes things because Clay's not there. Clay's not there this year, but, I mean, they will have D'Angelo to replace him. D'Angelo is not on That's the same. It's a hell of a pickup. Not on the same level as Clay. Still he's losing losing about four inches and a considerable defender. But right. he's a good, he's a good, he's a good, he's a good replacement for now. Good replacement. Not for as sure. good as Clay, but a good replacement for now. So sure. they don't they don't have the they, they don't have the backcourt of the smash not smash the um, the slash what's it, what they call it again splash bros, splash bros. Yeah. and um they don't have Kevin Durant but Draymond and Draymond's mom I'm telling you Draymond always thought and again you know it's very hard to to, to know what guys <laughs> think but I feel like right. Draymond always one of those guys was like yo we don't need this guy like we right. can still pull without him and I feel like right, right. him getting that extension not only is he gonna go out there on 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 this season trying to prove to people why he got that extension. But I think he's gonna prove, trying to prove to himself, like, yo, we're still the Warriors, like we're still the badass Warriors, like we're still the seventy-three and nine Warriors, like we still have that, we can still do that, right. 
even though that, Steph is going to see considerable amount of, and I'm, I'm kind of on the fence with that too. I don't, I don't know if people are going to treat the regular season like that, where it's where they're doubling Steph on a night to night basis. I think that we're going to see more of an MVP caliber season from Steph, if you ask me. Now it may get overlooked because we, we had, we like, we had our fun and we ran that Steph storyline into the um into the ground already. And you know that MVPs <laughs> are strictly about narratives in the NBA and what the media right, is right, putting right. out. Like, but yeah. I think Steph's still going to have an MVP caliber season. I, and I, you know, I agree with you with, on the Steph part for sure. Like Curry, I've hated on Curry for the longest, and that's obviously because now nah, I mean I'm I'm a huge fan of the greatest of all time, which is LeBron James. <laughs> I feel like you know we got shisted a couple of times going against the Warriors, but bro, I, I I I can see on that point with Steph. I feel like Steph is gonna come out with a chip on his shoulder for sure, especially with the Kevin Durant comments and you know how you know I I can't see a guy of that caliber not winning that a finals MVP and yeah. taking it very lightly. You know what I mean? So And how can I forget I, the Kevin Durant comments? I forgot about Exactly. That. Exactly. So and another thing we didn't talk about too is though with Clay Thompson uh coming back, that D'Angelo contract and that D'Angelo and D'Angelo becomes a little bit like a Son White side though, bro. So you can you can use that contract because they missing a lot of depth. Like if you you look at Curry, Clay, Draymond, a lot Willie Collison, a lot missing from that roster this year. You know, what I mean, they missing a lot of depth. Like you know, in the past, they had Iguodala, they had Livingston. You know, what I mean, they had different different people coming off the bench that you could actually rely on. So right. I feel like if they can if they can take you know a D'Angelo and fill out the rest of their roster. I, I even saw something told my D'Angelo might get traded for you know, what I mean, Drummond. If they can do something like that, bro, I definitely mm-hmm. think the Warriors. Like I, I feel like the Warriors right now, as presently constructed, is going to be like a sixty. But I feel like if you if you take that and you add a Drummond, I feel like they're right there with the Lakers, the Clippers, you know, the Sixers of the world and different things like that. So what about, we'll definitely see with that. So what about this? What about the argument that Klay Thompson may not even be ready to come back this season? Because uh, I, feel I, like, I feel like a lot of people are understating the fact that, like, he tore his ACL, bro. Like, he, he tore his ACL. And right. he tore his ACL in June. Mm-hmm. Now, what we're asking him is to come back and be ready by what? By March? In 10 March, months? Yes. Yeah. So we're asking bro, him... You said you said 2019. This is 2019, bro. I mean, don't get me wrong. Medicine's a little stronger. And, and, and guys crazy. like Adrian Pearson to come back from ACLs and doing <laughs> what they're doing. Right. right. I get that. But it's the NBA, bro. Like it's a lot more, it's a lot more, it's a lot more twisting and turning on that on your knees than it is in the NFL. It's a lot right. more up and down than it is in the NFL. And sure. granted, it's not it's not the context of what the NFL is, but as an NBA player, you gotta be a little bit more agile. That's one, right. two. We're asking Clay to come back and march off of an ACL injury and be ready to play playoff basketball with no real regular season prep. Is that reasonable? Uh, See what I'm saying? Like, is, is, that, is that even reasonable to ask? See, that's that's the thing, though. We talk we talking about a team that's been together. Well, him getting back, I feel like, I feel pretty confident about him getting back. Like the ACL, you know, years past the ACL used to be, you know, what I mean, it's it's something that guys take it two years to come back from. Now right. we see guys come back in eight months, nine months. You know what I mean? Ten months, and they come back pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Will he be the Clay Thompson of old when he comes back? That would be to be well, determined. You well, know look, what I mean? Kemba, not Kemba. Uh, Kristaps hasn't played in a year and a half when he when he tore his, he tore his ACL. I, I think, but I think he he was ready last year. Like he was ready, but his team number one didn't want him for the play for the Knicks again. And then number two, there was some caution because this is a seven four guy who's built like tissue. So it's like we got we got to take care of his body too. Clay is you know six five. Clay has you know what I mean he, he's a little bit smaller. He's he's uh he's uh more of an Iron Man. Like before this, Clay Thompson missed like what ten games of his career. If that you know what I mean. So exactly. So I think he's built a little bit differently. 
I think that his recovery will be a lot less because he has a lot less weight on that frame. He's a lot, you know, less, 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 uh, how can you say it? He's a lot less spread out in terms of being 7-4 and things like that. So I definitely think he'll come back. I, I don't know if he'll come back and be clay, but we'll see in March for sure. No, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see. That's something that's something to keep an eye out for. But I, I don't think that every, I don't think that we should roll out, not roll out, rule out the idea that D'Angelo will just be the clay replacement for this entire season if clay can't make it back in time. Right. That I don't think right. we should rule out yet. But it's going to be I interesting def- to see. I definitely think he's getting traded, though, because I saw something about Maya said that they want to keep him. I, don't, I, can't, I can't see you keeping a three-guard lineup. Like, Clay came out, his his uh, he's 6'5", you know, with the new the new NBA uh, measuring, right? So I, I can't see you running a 6'5", 200-pound guy, you know, against a LeBron James or, a, or a, you know, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George uh, consistently, you know what I mean? Even though, you know, Clay's an all-world defender, I feel like that would be a little bit taxing on his body, not taxing their defense, so. I definitely think he'll get traded and Clay will move back to the two and they'll they'll pick up like a three or a center or something like that. So No, we'll we'll have to we'll have to we'll have to see, man. We'll have to see. I just I'm I don't know if my my gut is telling me that my gut is telling me that Clay may not come back this season. My gut is telling me Clay may not you think you'll hold him all, all the way out? They might you gotta think about it as well too. They're just coming off of the Kevin Durant situation where everybody thinks that they forced him, not ah, forced him out there, but everyone right, thinks that right. they didn't give him the proper care that he needed. That's, so it's like, do you point. risk, yeah. do you risk your second superstar uh, that happened with another superstar in two years? Like, right. think that's about, a, like, that's a nasty way to end your dynasty, bro. That is, bro. <laughs> like, that's a that's, nasty that's, way to end your dynasty. That, like, yo, it, it feels like there's a, I feel like in the next, you know, five years, they 30 for 30 gonna come out. We gonna hear a lot of stuff that people. People had no idea about in terms right, of that man. team, bro. That's a fact. I uh, mean, I'm, from 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 the um the few people that I know, I used to hear that um uh, people in the Golden State Warriors organization didn't get paid on time. But I don't know how true, I don't know how true that is. <laughs> Listen, I'm just a guy, I'm just a guy from New York City, man. Yeah, I hear you, bro. I'm just a guy from New York City. I don't really <laughs> I don't really know much. <laughs> Yo, yeah, <I> before <laughs> we move out, move from the team section, I, I want your thoughts on um on, on that situation out in Houston. I want, I want, I want to know what you think about. You want to, ah, bro. Do see, do you think that Russell, and, Russell and James would be able to coexist on the floor? This is a question that we had last year with, with CP3 and James, but I don't. This, this, this is a different beast now. See, that's that's the question though, because like when CP got traded from the Clippers to to the Rockets, bro, I was I was one of yo, just forget it, it's not gonna work, yo, blow that up, it's over. And they went on to be you know NBA Finals contenders. They was they was actually right there to go into NBA Finals. And if they went to the NBA Finals, they could have probably beat the Cavaliers as well. You know what I mean? So, uh, I don't, I don't know how that will fit. But I'll tell you, like, if there's anybody I feel like that can do it, it's D'Antoni. Because number one, I was looking at the preseason games. I was watching those preseason games, and what they're going to be doing is they're obviously going to be doing it's a my turn, your turn kind of thing, right? But there's a lot more movement this year than there was in years past. So they're working on getting people off the ball. They're working on getting Russ in spots where he can actually create now rather than he's, he has a lot of like, he, people don't realize Russ is more of a two than a one. So mm. his best years, efficient, his best efficiency years was split next to James Harden when Harden was coming off the best running point guard. So those two have some chemistry there. Obviously they weren't, you know, to the level of caliber that they are right now, but you know what I mean? So We'll see how it goes, but I definitely think there's some issues that they got to rust out. But if they can get it working together, bro, I feel like the Rockets is right behind the Clippers for the NBA championship. You know what I mean? One, so. one thing that I definitely agree with and I've been saying for a while is that Russell should be playing off the ball. He's more of a two than he is a one. 
Right. Exactly. If I if I'm them, James is running the one, Russ is running the two, and I want Russ cutting off everything. Exactly. That's a fact. Like uh, his I, his ball handling. My fault, bro. I didn't mean to cut you no, off. You but good, his good. ball handling. His ball handling. If he, like you know how a point guard gets in the lane, his ball handling is more of a tight. Russell's ball handling is more of a, a north to south kind of ball handling. Yeah. So he's gonna he got to get going and get into the lane rather than you know set a team up like Harden. Harden's more of a you know get into the paint. You know create something. Russ is a more attack the basket. So if you get him going from the wing attacking the basket, sky's the limit for that. Definitely, and it's funny. I read a piece the other day. I think it was on the ring. I'm not sure, or maybe or maybe it was a video. I don't remember, but basically the premise of the of the of the whatever the piece of the video was was that James Harden should play out the post more. They had numbers to back Ooh. it up. They had footage to pack it up, and pretty much it's Ooh. like, yo, anytime James Harden gets in that in that post range and he ain't those, because James Harden's a big dude, man. He's six five, about two twenty. Right. Anytime he gets a smaller guard in that post range, he's lights out. He's money, and it's like, yo, a lot of people were saying like, yo, he could still take from the piece that I read, like he could still take all threes he wants. But if he turns those mirroring step backs, or if he turns those um, those like those forced flaky flops to the basket into post ups, he man, that's something. That's something. Yes, that's a... bro, that's something. So I'm telling you that, yo, because James Harden, you know what it is, James Harden, bro. James Harden having so much fun in basketball. He's at the point in his career where he's yeah, adding yeah. new things every yeah. season to spice it up. That's bro. I I see a man that's the greatest scorer, one of the greatest scorers of all time. Hundred percent, like, bro. 100%. You you say how he's having fun, bro. Like that man, like this man is, is this man is literally pulling up from the logo now, stepping back from the logo. Like on some, this is a regular shot. I'm gonna take it. It is what it is. Nobody's celebrating it type stuff. You know what I mean? That, That's crazy. That That's crazy. Like, I mean, what last year was was the season where he did he added the um the little step back, the little the the, the mixy step back. I, I call it mixy yeah. because the refs couldn't even they didn't even know how to call it. Right, this right. year he I put, started that. I started that by the way. He got that from me. Start right, here we go. <laughs> this thing is crazy. <laughs> but, uh, this year he talking that he talking that one foot jumper talk. Uh, and people <laughs> yo, but people are contesting it though. That's crazy. The that fact is- like I'm not I'm not I'm more shocked that like not even shocked, but I'm more I'm more perplexed that people are contesting it to anything else. Cause it's like, yo, that's that's another level of respect, bro. That is that is to be taking a one leg jumper and people still like running out there putting their <laughs> hand up, bro. Come on, son. That's a fact. You Come different. On. You different. Yeah, you, you, you different you at a that different point. Breed. You different. Yeah, because you you just you, whatever you do, I'm gonna feel like you're gonna make it. So at this point, yo, it's it's whatever. You control the defense at that point. So that's a fact. That's a matter <laughs> of respect. That's, that's crazy. Nah, that's a fact. As a matter of fact, we could, we could use this to segue right into the players that we're looking forward to seeing this in the, this, this NBA season. So. See, I'm gonna I'm give you one. I want I want to hear your thoughts on this one, bro. Mm-hmm. I know so, you. I know you. You gonna have a, you gonna have a couple of under the radar guys, but I'm here for all that. Uh, I I got. I'm gonna start off with this this man right here, Laurie Marketing, bro. What you thinking about him? Oh, Laurie. Yo, can Laurie stay healthy? If Laurie can stay healthy, yo. If Laurie can stay healthy, Chicago, 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 Chicago could potentially sneak into the playoffs because it's the East for sure. For if, sure. If both him and Zach Levine can stay healthy and find a way to stay healthy together and play the whole season together, they could definitely sneak into like the the eighth, seventh, ninth, or tenth spot. <laughs> nah, real talk. That. Nah, nah, that is, I, I and I, I don't, I don't think they won't. Like, I feel like, I feel like they're more of a playoff team than not right now. You know what I mean? And, and Laurie, I feel like Laurie, bro. If you look at, if you look at this man, this man that has put on like twenty pounds of straight muscle, bro. 
Like, I'm looking at the preseason. I'm like, yo, is this the same guy? Like, what are you feeding this guy? <laughs> what he's out here taking, he's, he's out here taking, you know, like better jump shots, step back, just different jumpers. And he added a lot more to his awesome. I think this year is like, but I think he's at 22 and 10. I think he makes the All-Star game for sure. Mm, that's a bold prediction. You think he's 22 and 10 in the All-Star game? 22 and 10 in the All-Star game. But I, what was he at last year? Like 18 and, and 9 or something like that? And that was him... You know, I'm playing a little bit out of position because I think Wendell got hurt. He got hurt too, yeah. and they was kind of running him at the at the five a little bit. So, mm-hmm. I, I de- I'm definitely interested. In, in yeah, he's averaging 18. Lord play the next year. step. He shot 36 percent from three, 40 percent from the field. Yeah, he but see, he got to get a little bit better at at uh at his uh percentages though, because you can't be a four man, you know, shooting 42 percent from the field. But uh, I definitely think he'll be. He's one of those guys I'm looking forward to. I got one more for you, bro, and you. You tell me what you think about him, De'Aaron Fox. Ah, it's funny because as a, as a, I had a, I had um I had a King segment on on the docket, but I I decided to forego it because the Kings are definitely gonna be like that. The Kings to me are like the perfect league pass team. Like they they're a very middle of the pack young team, and it's like if it's a if it's a night where a lot of the games are slow, you really got much going on. It's raining, you don't want to go out, or it's snowing, you don't want to go out. You don't really want to do much. You can right. sneak a Kings game into your into your into your, your nightly schedule and be satisfied for the night. For sure, for and sure. I'm, I, mean, I want to see how De'Aaron Fox because it's like his jump from year one to year two was substantial. It was big for sure. So substantial that I'm like, yo, what's gonna happen in year three? Are we are are we wrong for anticipating him to jump more? Are we wrong for wanting him to jump more? Or are, would we even be wrong to say that he he didn't progress? Or we, I'm sorry, we'll be wrong. If he if he didn't progress, if he stayed the same as last year, we'd be wrong for being mad at that. Being at that first jump from year one to year two was so substantial. That's definitely a good point for sure. That's a like, good point because you know here's the, here's the thing with NBA fans. I feel like the NBA it's a it's a weird league in the sense that you can have a solid quality year, and if your team doesn't do good, you're a problem. Or you can have a solid quality year. For example, a team like the Jazz. For example, right. Let's say the Jazz go again and again, knocked out in the second round this year again. People in Utah are going to be complaining and crying about that. But here's the thing: yeah. the West is 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 a is a is a tough conference. The Jazz For are sure. a very young team, so it's like, For sure. are you? Why would you get mad at a team for constantly reaching their their ceiling? For right now. You know what I mean? Like, why would you constantly get mad right. at a team for constantly reaching their ceiling? Like, realistically speaking, they just aren't built to be a contender right now. Contender. But right. year after year, they're coming out and reaching the ceiling of their expectations. So it's like, how could you get frustrated at the team? Shouldn't you more so just be like, it's, 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 it's I, I think it's, it's more like a technicality question where it's like, yeah, you should kind of just get frustrated at everybody else in the league for them being so good more than right, you should right, get right. frustrated at the team. And that's what I'm kind of at with De'Aaron Fox. In the sense that I think that he'll come back and have a season similar to what he did last year. I don't think he'll right. have the same type of like, and I think a lot of people are going to be unrealistic in the sense that they're going to expect him to have the same type of jump. And when you right. when you consider that he has such a substantial jump from year one to year two, making that same jump that's damn what he at that point he's he's an all star and he's forcing his team to the playoffs. And I just feel like that isn't fair to have those expectations for him. But he definitely right. is a fun player to watch, so I, I don't blame you for having him on this list. But that's just my thought right. process around De'Aaron Fox going into the season. Bro, you eloquated that like perfectly. You know, it's funny. I find I find myself in that kind of that NBA kind of. You know, what I mean, I'm a little bit upset because this guy, you know, what I mean, didn't take that jump or he didn't. You know, he didn't. 
and teams that don't make that jump. You know, I think that's just human nature. You know what I mean? You want to see, you know, every team squeeze every ounce out of them and, and you know what I mean? You you think one way of a team and mm-hmm. they end up performing one way. You're like, yo, like what you know what I mean? In my mind, you were this way, but you end up doing this. Like, yo, it's a dub for you now. You know what I mean? And it's just <laughs> I don't want to watch you no more. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, for sure. Like I, I can see what you're saying though, because his leap from the first year to second year was damn near like all star quality. You know what I mean? Is it is it right for me to say, like, yo, I this year you gotta go twenty five and eight? You know what I mean? Is it right. is that is that right, or should I be just like, yo, you an eighteen and eight guy for the rest of your career? So, I, I, nah, I but see, think, but look, but look, you about to see now. Now you write him off as an eighteen and eight guy for the rest of his yeah, career exactly. in year so three. Like, exactly, like it's like, and and I think that because because the season is so long, and and you know what I mean, and you know we gotta wait. Yeah, some guys it takes four or five years for them to get going. That we can get stuck in that notion, like yo. Everybody got to be, you know what I mean? Like, like who's a guy who came out his first year just killing? Like, everybody got to be a Blake Griffin. Dropped right. 20 and 10 in their first year, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons dropped 15 and 8, you know what I mean? Like, is it right for us to say, yo, Ben Simmons, come out here and drop this and drop that, you know what I mean? Because you already all saw in your third, your second year. Right. So, third, second year. So, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. But I'm definitely, I want to see him play, bro. I think, yo, his speed is crazy. Crazy, incredible man. his athleticism is you know it's insane and the end so. probably the fast play in the league but real quick before i even talk about the end a little more ben simmons is the perfect player is the perfect player for the um for the scenario that i'm talking about because year one and year two are identical to him right you know what i mean we we, we watched him year one and everybody was so excited that oh my god like this guy is is great he's averaging 15 um nine and eight is we haven't right. seen a player like this since magic johnson so on and so forth Right. He goes from that hype and that that um he goes from that hype and that spectacle in year one comes back in year two and does the same exact thing, and it's like everybody is just like like just right, like he's move. the worst right, right he's move. the worst guy in the world right right you right. know what I'm saying but it's like yo just a year ago we were very excited to see him playing just like this I don't know if people are more so mad because I don't know if people are mad because they feel as though like it's lazy to not improve or I don't know if people right. are just fickle in the sense that they aren't satisfied with seeing you play that consistent. Like, they, they always want to see more. They always want to see better. They always want to... Like, I don't even know if that's realistic to ask, though, to be honest. Like, I don't know if it is. Yeah, that's the thing, though. But, like like you said, though, if you if you make it... And, and that's the thing, because I, I guess, because we... You know what I mean? We all know when we make a certain amount of money a year. If you make it $170 million to live out your dream and, and shoot a basketball, I think that's where people have that issue. It's like, you know what I mean? You you making that much money and you can't make a free throw, that's a little crazy. <laughs> You know what I mean? That's, that's nah, his situation was a little particular, specific, specific. Right. He, yeah, his, and that's my thing. That was my thing with Ben. No, I ain't gonna lie. My only thing was like, yo, at least improve your free throw percentage, kid. At least right, do that. Right. So I, right. I, I, I could see that. But nah, going back to De'Aaron, bro. I think, I think De'Aaron, De'Aaron, at, at, at in his prom when he reaches the pinnacle of his career, I think he'll be a top five guard in the league. I'm going out I'm for going sure. Out, I'm going out on the legend. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Are you think he's gonna be better than Lonzo? Come on now, yeah. Ah oh, damn! Son. I think a part of a part of me, low key, a part of me thinks that um, the Lakers probably regret taking Lonzo over him. Hundred percent, hundred percent. They get, they got to, you know what I mean? Because the 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 production speaks for itself from year one. I mean, Lonzo's averaging what seven points, five rebounds, five. This man's averaging eighteen and eight, bro. You know what I mean? Like, Boy, that's he, crazy. He, he went from eleven, him. eleven and four. Just just the context. We've been talking about the jump, and we haven't mentioned right. the numbers. But he went from um. Averaging eleven and four a game to like you said eighteen and eight, and that Which was is, just in four more four extra minutes a game. Also improved his field goal percentage from forty one percent to 55 percent, and his three point right. percentage from thirty to thirty seven. 
So it's like, yeah, that man right. was, you could tell he was working that offseason. You could tell he's putting right. in work that offseason to make that jump. But I it was just crazy. Don't... The Kings, it translated on the court too, though. It did. Like, he, he didn't just put up those numbers. The right. Kings, the Kings started winning playoff. more games. Exactly. Because but you know, this exactly. on court, he's a great leader. Like he's a great leader. Exactly. And if you have ever, ever listened to any of his interviews or any of uh, watched any of his videos, he's a very intelligent kid as well too. So it's like right. I could see it makes sense why it translates, translates on the court because his teammates respect him as an individual, respect him as a person, respect right. him as right. an intellect. So it's like yo on court, we'll get behind this guy, we'll follow him. I don't mind doing that. Definitely, definitely, definitely for sure. I, I think for the Kings though, since we're in the Kings real quick, I think for the Kings as long as Buddy Hill can continue to, to drop buckets. As long as Bondovich can continue to add pressure to defenses, and if Marvin Bagley starts playing defense, I think the Kings, the Kings, that have an inter- a great, a great year. As far as when I say great, I'm just talking about great in comparison to Kings seasons over the past ten years, ten years or so. So, but which, yeah. which, which would be for you what playoffs? Nah, great. I mean, see, if they honestly, if they win five more games than they did last year, that's a great season. You know what I mean? Because okay. I feel like the West yeah. is so tough that again. Being realistic as a fan, the rest is so tough that if they don't make to the playoffs, are you mad at them or are you just gonna look at the fact that the West is a tough, a tough um division, not division conference to play? Right, right. And and but see the thing with the the Kings, like you said, is like, yeah, that's that's what I'm seeing that too. But like they made a mistake to me with Harrison Barnes' contract, and they they've already expressed regret with that. They paid that man twenty five, what twenty five million dollars a year. Now they gotta pay heel. and this this is where teams like the Kings can go from a great young budding team to a team that now caps themselves off where they can't improve anymore. Because as president constructed, are they a championship contender? Nah. Are, are they even a playoff team? Probably not. But because of the contracts that they did, now they're going to be capped and they're going to be stuck in that NBA purgatory. So I think that's where the mm. problem with fans arrive. You know what I mean? Because you paying Harrison Barnes $25 million a year. That was now crazy. Buddy Hill, Buddy he Hill, he's not... Exactly. And he's not a max guy. Like, you can't justify... Giving him a third of your contract at thirty, a third of your cap space at thirty something million dollars a year, and you being a successful team. So it's like you, do you now go from that great young team to a team that's like the Atlanta Hawks of a couple of years? You gonna make it to the first and second round every single year and just get knocked off and knocked out? That's where the problem arises. I think with NBA fans and, and with everything going on. So I don't know. I, I, I'm under the notion, bro. Is Buddy Hill, bro? I let him play off this last this last year. I, I might move him. I might not. Oh no, because I feel like your two building blocks, like Hild is good. Hild is like twenty six years old or something like that already. Yeah, yeah, he is. He I, is. I feel like I feel like he is what he is. Yeah, I feel like he is what it is, which is a twenty point per game scorer. But you got Bagley and you got Fox. I feel like those are your two building blocks. And Bogdanovich, I feel like he can provide a lot of the stuff Hild does in terms of ball handling and 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 you know being a a guard that can create. So if you can move Hild for another piece, you know, in the future or a future pick. I don't know. I might be something I'd, I'd love to do. So, so. If, if, if you're the Sacramento Kings GM, would you rather move Hill than pay him? I'd rather move Hill than pay him $130 million over four years. 100% every single time. I, I could I, I, That makes sense. Instead of giving him the like max, instead instead of paying him more, because that means that Harrison Barnes contract shot them in the foot. Exactly. It did. It shot them in the foot. Because like, why are you giving Harrison right. Barnes, what, 25 <laughs> mil? Bro? Nah, because sometimes Yo, you really got to... bro. He's been eating, bro. He's he from every every single franchise he go to, it's bro. So he crazy put up with Harrison Barnes, bro. Harrison Barnes won one championship and has been eating off that one championship. Exactly, bro. He <laughs> he averaged thirteen and five forever. He's still gonna get ninety million a year, bro. bro ninety million crazy. in his contract, bro. That's wild, huh? Yo, give me like 
give me six more inches, bro. I'd have been in the league. Yo, bro, I told you before we started recording, I was telling you, bro, I really thought I was going to be like 6'4". In high school, I thought I, I thought I had a legit chance to get to the league if I just kept playing ball, if I kept practicing, like I could have made it to the league. But I think I feel like that just goes to how na- and I just goes to how naive you are, like naive we are, because it's like you don't realize how talented the NBA guys are. Nobody, crazy, nobody bro. does. Bro, I heard of a story. Anthony Tolliver. Uh, I, 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 I uh, finished the first. So Anthony Tolliver, bro. I heard of a story. He came to some gym in in, in Brooklyn, bro. That boy, and Anthony Tolliver is known, you know, amongst all of us as a bum. You know what I mean? He's an NBA bum. And which, which is an NBA, an NBA bum is, a, is, is, you know what I mean? You call somebody an NBA bum, you, you, you're the best thing in the world. You know what I mean? You're just not, you're just not a superstar, right? Right. So he comes to the, the gym, bro. This man drops 35 points, one-legged step backs, pull-ups, anything you could imagine. <laughs> one-legged bro. step backs. One-legged step backs. This man was looking like Dirk in his prom, which is crazy. And I was down here in Atlanta, right? So... Um, Tyreek Evans, bro, he comes to the gym, right? And, you know, Tyreek Evans, you know, rookie of the year, he had all the potential in the world, bro. Right. He, you know what I mean? We we know that. Is he LeBron James? Nah. But this man comes to the gym, bro, and I tell you, I kid you not, you could put three people on him, and it was over, bro. The man was pulling from the logo. He was taking ankles. It was crazy, bro. It was insane. It was crazy. So these NBA players, all the way down to the NBA bums, are superstars. So it's just wild. Nah, that's crazy, and and that's why I mean, that's why it's not really. <laughs> you think about it, it's just not fair to call somebody an NBA bum, but it's just like it's just it's just as far as context goes, like, relative right, to right. everybody else they're playing against. Yeah, you a bum. Right. It is right. what it is. Yo, this guy I have on my list. He may surprise y'all. He may surprise y'all, but I I really do look forward to watching Devin Booker play this year. Nah, oh, man. And the reason. <laughs> That's one of my favorite players right there. So, yeah, I look like him and I play like him. So, yeah. <laughs> I play like crazy. him is crazy. He's, crazy. He's, he's smacked. He's smacked. But the, <laughs> as you as you can imagine, the reason why I, I like watching Devin Booker play because yo, not, one, I was always big on just having like a, a very like I was always big on mechanics. Like if you have a great shooting form, I'm gonna enjoy watching you play. That's one. Right. Two. Devin Booker is one of the best young scorers in the league. Like he's he's just, he's just a very fun player to watch, and it's just like it it, it irks me because. I personally feel like that Phoenix team could be doing better. I don't know. I, I can't even put my finger on it at this point what they're doing wrong. I think at this point it's just really just a franchise situation, similar to how it is over here in New York with James Dolan. But it's like I really look for every season I look forward to watching Devin Booker play, but it's just like when is Devin Booker going to be able to play meaningful basketball? Like when is he going to get right. the chance to play in a game that actually matters? You know what I mean? So. Right. Uh, that's that's my only verdict. That's my only issue with Devin Booker. But it's like any night, any night you're liable to watch. And here's the thing with Devin Booker that blows my too. It'll be a random night. Phoenix is playing somebody that they actually match up well with. And it's like, I right, bet we about to see Devin Booker go off and have a good game. And Devin Booker's resting. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just like, yo, what, like, what, like, what's going? Like, what's? Where's the <sighs> hunger? Where's the hunger at? Listen, man. Some guys probably some guys are, are comfortable with um just making money and, and playing ball. I mean, shit, bro. I, that's something I'd be comfortable with. I ain't gonna owe you. Feel me too, bro. It's, it's, it's I different. Can't, I can't it's even different. lie. It's different though, cause I feel like I feel like, like like you said though, like Harden. If you ever watch Harden, bro, he's in the preseason dropping forty points a game, going mad hard. He, he loves. What's it. the difference between exactly? Is there is there much of a is there much of a talent disparity between Harden and Devin Booker? Nah. You know what I mean? I feel like the difference is Harden wants it. You know what I mean? Harden's always in the gym creating something going harder. So I think I think that's where the Devin Booker, like even 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 that video we saw, right? 
Like, what are you complaining about a double team in a pickup game? <laughs> now, that was jokes. You know what's funny about that? That Those videos like that kind of goes to show you that, like, like the like everybody approaches the game differently. Videos like that exactly. go show you that he just wanted to be in the, that he just wanted to see the ball go in over and over and over. Exactly. And over and he just wanted to see those videos on 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 a gram of him going crazy. He he was out there trying to work work like a like a like I've seen Harden take those doubles in the pickup game and find the open man every single time. Bro. Right. Every single time. So that's the that's the funny part about it because it's like yo I'm getting double. What what basketball one on one? What do you do when you get double? You move the rock. Exactly. So it's just like what's going on. Like what's like? Why are you even mad at that? Move the rock. Right. Pass the ball. Right. Pass the ball, Dev. But nah, right. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Devin Booker playing nonetheless. I hope he doesn't. Um, I hope he doesn't throw the towel in this year. He threw the towel in with the. I I really feel like he should have been playing. He should have played in the World Championships. I feel like those are that that that's just great preparation for the season. I guess right. he felt otherwise. I guess he's trying to avoid injury. But hey, I'm not his trainer. I can't speak on that. Another guy we already spoke of him already, but. We'll touch on him quickly again. Luka Doncic, man. I really want to see how Luka plays this year because technically Luka's going into his seventh year as a pro. And right. I, I was wondering if I was wondering your opinion on this. Do you think that he'll have a sophomore slump being that he's technically going into his second, seventh year as a pro? I I don't see. You know, it's funny bringing it back to your last point where he was like, is it one of those things where should we expect Luka Doncic to get any better than what he actually is? Like, is, is should we expect a significant jump from Luka Doncic? Like, should we expect now for him to average 24 points, eight rebounds, eight assists? Or is, is it a 21.7 and six that he averaged last year, you know what I mean, sufficient? And what he is, is what we're going to get, you know what I mean? So I, I don't know if he'll have a sophomore slump, but I don't know if he'll get significantly better than what we saw last year. That's fair. And you know, you know what's funny about that, though? People, if if he doesn't get significantly better than he, than he does last year, if the Dallas Mavericks win more games, and if KP comes out averaging 20-plus this year, somebody somewhere on the internet, on YouTube, <laughs> on Reddit, Reddit, in somebody's blog post or something, somebody somewhere is going to be upset that Luka Doncic did not have much better, a much better year. And that's when that's it just goes fact. back to my original point of just fans being fickle and not really knowing what they want or what they want or, or what they should be looking for. So, I mean, as as, as much time, I probably, probably my 10th time saying this in tonight's show, but we're going to have to just wait and see, man. You <laughs> have to wait. This season is lit, man. You feel me? Like, I try, when it comes to, when it comes to sports, man, I try not to, I try not to speak too definitively on things because, like, at the end of the day, bro, we're going to just have to wait and sleep. Like, you can have exactly. all the pays you want in the world. Sometimes exactly. the stats go against, sometimes the stats lie. Like no, exactly. granted, men men lie, women lie. Numbers technically never dope, but sometimes the the numbers are very very misleading. Man, you could paint, yeah, yeah, especially yeah. in this analytical era, bro. You could paint, you could create any narrative you want with net with numbers. Right. So, yeah. shout out to my son Tyler in the group, bro. I mean, well, numbers you to death, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we spoke with Jason Tatum already. Uh, I, I I expect him to um to improve in in in. in, in Areas that he lacked out last year, but the last guy on my list is Donovan Mitchell. Man, I really want to see how Donovan Mitchell is going to be able to play against Michael Conley, not against alongside Michael Conley this year. I think that um he he also throws into the category of 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 having a similar season of his first one and people complaining. And I, I think he I think to his in his defense, being at Utah, he was always the only the lone scorer on Utah. He always had to like overextend himself, and and that's why his numbers kind of dipped as far as shooting percentages go last year. And I really want to see how his percentages improve this year, playing alongside so, Mike Connolly. Let me let me ask you this: what, what you what you got Utah doing? I'm not uh, I'm not as high on Utah as most people are. 
I want to know what your thoughts on that. What do you think? Bro, I think Utah is going to be in a situation where Utah either it's a first-round exit or a second-round exit. Like, I think Utah is just a young team caught up in a good Western Conference right now. Like, it's just, it's right. just like, Utah, it's just not their time right now. It's not their season for Utah. I think right. the best thing that Utah could do is continue to um, empower and develop Donovan Mitchell as a player. And, of course, right. um, put a little bit of weight on their French guy, Rudy Gobert, and empower him as well, too, because he is one of the best defensive centers in the league. But yeah. I, I just... I don't see Utah right now, in the near, or even in the near future, making any noise and getting out the second round and going to a conference finals. Like I just think right. they just have to focus on developing their young talent, specifically Donovan Mitchell, and seeing to it that the franchise gives him every tool possible to flourish going forward, and, and taking it from there. Like I think Utah should definitely have more of a long term approach to the way that they build their team more than the short term. I think that they should they, should, they really should not be focused on the next year or two years honestly like i right. think they should play the long game in utah they should definitely play the long game in utah but it's a matter of it's a matter of the expectations that the fan base have on them really right. i think and and it's funny because i think that that's where we're moving to as a as a league like it, it really matters the expectations that your fan base has for your team going into the year because at the end that of the is- day your fan base is the ones that's going to hold you accountable that's for sure that's that that's true and you go going back to your point with Utah, right? So like, I'm I, bro, I'm not as high on Donovan Mitchell as most people are. Like, mm. I you know at a six three, like he's more of a combo guard, right? I feel like he's more of a Lou Williams kind of scorer. Like he's one of those guys where, you know, I, I don't know if he can be a number one scorer. I feel like he has to be a two, your second or third best scorer because number one, he's efficient. Number two, as a defender, he's a little bit smaller, so he has some defensive issues right there. Mm. And I feel like you know, Utah. And, and like you said, they should play, they should have played the long game with their roster, right? But you know their recent acquisitions tells me that you know they going all out for it this year. You know what I mean? So they they gave uh, what's that Bogdan Bogdanovich, right? Yeah, Bogdanovich. gave him an 80, 80 million dollar contract. So Hot. that's one that's a, that's a win now move. You know what I mean? Mike Conley's thirty. That's a win now move. You know what I mean? So I feel like they're in that era. They're in that stage right now where they trying to win it all. But like you said, I feel like they're first, second round out, and I feel like you know I'm not I'm not too high on on Mitchell as most people are. But that's why that's where my, I stand and my thoughts on that. You know, there's another team that kind of that kind of had that, that that had like the same kind of not win now, but the short term perspective. Uh, Washington. Yeah. We spoke briefly about that via text, but Washington when I got that yeah. that that Bradley Bill contact was really telling for me because it was like telling from a couple of perspectives. I'm not sure if Bradley Bill's comfortable. I'm not sure if he. I'm not sure if he's just very comfortable where he is, and he just doesn't want to move and doesn't want to change things up. Being that he has two young kids now, I don't. I don't know if, if Bradley Bill just doesn't want a new challenge, or I don't know if Washington is just trying to hedge their bets as far as saying like, "Yo, if we give this guy a new contract, we can still flip him in the trade, and the, the trading the team that receives him will now see that listen." You have a guy for the next two years, opposed to just him walking away after one year, like we saw like Kawhi do and shit like that. Right, I don't right. know. I don't know if Washington thinks that. Yo, let's lock in somebody for. And this is this is this is probably me giving them benefit of the doubt. I don't know if the lock if Washington is saying, listen, let's just lock him in so that next year, going to, next year as in this coming season, the fans will have somebody to look forward to. I don't know if they did. I don't know if they're doing one of those because the way the way that they structure his deal, they waited it out. To give him the contract now so that he can't be traded. You know how the the, 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 um, the rule works, of course. You can't be traded right. until after six months. That six-month date falls after the NBA trade deadline. So, Bill is here for the entire year. So, I don't know right. I don't know if they 
I don't I don't even know if they convinced Bill to say like, yo, listen, this rebuild can be fast, this rebuild can be quick, it can happen right. in two or three years, just just come and do it with us. I really don't know how to how to like I don't know how to read that situation over in Washington, but my instinct tells me, my gut tells me that they should they should have dealt him. But not even <laughs> but it's not even that they should have dealt him. My instinct tells me or or instinctively I feel like he should have decided to get like he should have he should have he should have tried to yeah. force his way out or something like that. Like I feel like if I'm Bradley Bill, I'm I'm looking for the new challenge. I'm looking to actually use my talent. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking to actually play right, right. meaningful ball again. Hint hint Devin right. Booker, take notes on that. So I don't <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just it's it's a weird situation over there. I, I don't really I really don't know how to call that. I think it's it just might See, be too the early. Thing with, the thing with you get me? No, I can't hear, I can Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so the thing with Bill, like I what's crazy, you know, bro, I had this right now for us, like I had Beal as one of those players to look forward to, like in terms of like not look forward to him play because I we know where he is. He's the third best two guard in the league in my opinion. But he was one of those players where a team that was on the cusp of contention, you know what I mean? You pick up a Bradley Beal, you right you right there. You know what I mean? Like a team like Denver, right? You got a ton of pieces, you got a ton of picks moving forward. You flip some of those pieces, you flip some of those picks, and you pick up a, a Bradley Beal. Now the West is a different conversation. You know what I mean? We're talking about Denver right there with the Lakers and the Clippers. So Beal, like you said, I, I don't know. Like, does he really want to play meaningful basketball, or was it just for the bread? We don't know because Washington is a shit show. Like they, it's, it's nasty <laughs> that, that John there. Wall, that John Wall contract is, yo, that shit is disgusting. Worst it's contract in the there, league boy. by far. Like it's, it's, I don't know where they're going with that, but definitely, I, I, I think Bill, I, yeah, I can't, I, I can't even say, bro. Like, where, where they going? What's the direction the franchise is going to? Circles, so. boy. Circles. Right. Right. It's, oh, actually, that's funny right now. Like my, 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 my fantasy draft just started at 10, and I'm on the clock right now. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what I, right now, Um, so they got Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's left, John Collins, LaMarcus Aldridge, Clint Capella, DeMar DeRozan, Kyrie Irving. That's the top six players left on the board. I'm going to go my oh boy my Kyrie. God. I go Kyrie, yeah, go for sure. Kyrie. I, I'm, I had the first pick of the draft in the snake style, and this is my third pick of the night. I don't know how Kyrie's yeah. still there, but so far I have Pascal Siakam, Giannis Tetacumbo. I think I'll go with Kyrie. Definitely got to go Kyrie. I'm going Kyrie yeah. on that one. I think, I think he's going for 30 this year. Yo, but that's a great segue because I'm like, yo, I really feel like Kyrie's going to blow out this year. The strength there is only going to be him. It's only going to be it's, him. It's, it's definitely a 30 piece. Something that my um, my boy Rashad Domus, my son Rapier, has been in the show. Shout out to Rapier. He's a big Brooklyn fan. And one thing that he called out, I got to give him credit for. This is the first time that Kyrie was able to, this is the first time that he chose where he wanted to go. That's so, true. Like you, like you mentioned before, he forced his way out of Cleveland, but he didn't necessarily say, yo, I want to be in Boston. It was like, all right, Boston's where I ended up. But this is the first time where Kyrie was able to say, listen, I want to be in Brooklyn. That says a lot. That says yeah. a lot. That's not that's something that we shouldn't just sweep under the rug either. So yeah. I think that being that he's comfortable and this is actually where he wants to be this season, we could we should see a different Kyrie. We should see a Kyrie that's enthusiastic. We should see a Kyrie that should go for about twenty seven this year. That's so, true. And, and, and the thing about, you know, the, the Nets roster rather than the Celtics though, is like the Nets roster, he really don't gotta feed no mouths on the Nets right now. You know what I mean? He he don't gotta be a point guard right now. They're gonna deploy him as an offensive weapon. I feel like a lot of their best lineups is they're gonna run Dinwiddie at the one, Kyrie at the two. Kyrie, it's up to you to go get buckets. You know, what I mean, we need you to score. Like this is what we ask you to do this year. We not ask you to, you know, get Tatum going, get Gordon Hayward going. So I definitely think, you know, what I mean, thirty pieces definitely attainable for Kyrie Irving this year. Nah, I, I so thirty pieces a lot. I, I'm going twenty seven the game, Michael. From I'm going twenty seven the game, but I feel <laughs> so like you, think you got three. You got a three point difference. You think that's huge? 
That's one less three pointer in the game. That's one less, <laughs> that's one less three pointer in the game. Bro. That's one less three pointer in the game. I'm, I'm factoring. I'm factoring in the shoot the bad shooting nights, man. I'm factoring in the nah, bad shooting nah. nights where I'm factoring in the bad shooting nights where we're um we're a team. I'm trying to think of a perfect because I don't want to just throw any name out there. I'm factoring the night where. Kyrie may not really be feeling it, and Boston comes into Brooklyn. Well, actually, not. Nah, he got to be on that night. He got to be on that Cl- night. Clippers, the Clippers, the Clippers, the Clippers, right? Clippers, I'm factoring the night where yo, he go through the motions, and the Clippers pull up, and they got clamps <laughs> on that boy, and he only shot seven for twenty-two. I'm factoring those nights in. It's gonna be a couple of those. A couple of those. It's also gonna be a couple of nights where he's playing a lot of bum ass Eastern Conference teams, and he just kind of, right. he just, he's getting mixy with his shots. Cause Kyrie's the type of guy, he'll come out quarter one, take four shots, and then not take another shot until the fourth quarter. That's true. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. there's 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 nights where Kyrie will only score 12 points, but he only took like seven shots that night. Seven shots. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm factoring that in. Shit. Nah, with all of that being said, I kind of want to say 26 now, but I ain't gonna drag it. I let 27 <laughs> is valid. <laughs> I split the difference. Bro. 27 is valid though. 27 is valid. But yeah, Kyrie playing in the city in the city that he actually wants to be in. That's something, and I'm definitely gonna be at a couple of Nets games this year. And you won't catch me in the Garden because you know I ain't know the reason for me to be in the Garden right now. But I definitely. I'll definitely be at the ball games this year to see that. So I'm gonna I'm, I'm be pulling up like next month, bro. Hit up one of those games, yeah. Next month is what November. Yo, we could do that. Yeah, we could definitely do that. Sure, we could definitely sure. do that. And I think I, I know though, them ticket prices is crazy though, son. I remember I used to go for the net games for like thirty bucks. Come on now. For like $300 for the fucking... Yo, it's funny because as soon as the Nets went to the playoffs last year, they had the most expensive playoff tickets. Word. Yeah, bro. But I, I, I look at it like this, man. It's New York. It's New York. That's true. So that, that's that's, true. that's how that's how I factored. That's how I justified that in my eyes. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Right. Ironically, Don Mitchell is still on the ball, but we'll see. Somebody yeah. gonna take him soon. Somebody gonna take him in this fourth round. Somebody gonna take him this fourth. But I mean, all in all, man, just just to put a button on everything. I think we we dev we touched on everything we said we were gonna. Sp- oh wait, actually, we didn't even speak about the rookies. Yeah, we could definitely talk about that. Yes, I got yo. We we didn't even speak about the rookies at all. I mean, who you, you feel? Who who you think winning rookie is? I want to hear this. Is it is it low hanging fruit to say Zion? Is it like is that a cheat? That, yeah, that's that's like the cliche. Like, that's bro, just but, like the. That's, that's, thing, that's, bro. If Zion stays healthy, if his knees aren't too much of an issue, Zion's winning Rookie of the Year, bro. The kid averaged thirty. Know. The kid averaged twenty three and six, shooting seventy one percent from the field in twenty seven minutes. In in, his in preseason, preseason bro. It's preseason, but come pre-season. on, son. We talking preseason. I know, but come like, on, son. Come on. But see. The NBA defenses, though, like preseason to the regular season is different. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm watching LeBron go up and throw passes behind his neck. You know what I mean? <laughs> which, which, LeBron can do it, but, like, you know, in the NBA season, everybody getting back, they're going to build walls, right? See, so, you know what I mean? I, it's it's different. But, like like you said, though, like, Zion's a beast. He's a monster, bro. But I think there's going to be a point in time where Zion, number one, his conditioning is not up to par right now. Like, number two, like you said, his health. And then number three, I feel like, NBA defenses are going to figure him out, much like they did with, like, Julius Randle. Like, don't get me wrong, Zion's a lot better than Julius Randle. Right, but... he's just a more athletic Julius Randle, if you ask me. Exactly, exactly. It's which funny. is which is still elite. It's but... elite. It's funny because somebody said told Julius Randle that, and Julius Randle felt the way, and I'm just like, why? Right. <laughs> right. So like, why do you feel the way about that, bro? Nobody called right. you a bum. He's just a more right. athletic version of you. You're not you an athlete. More... Right, right, right. <laughs> Simple, but his you bro, you bring up valid points, and it, and it sounds like it sounds like you're not big on Zion at all. So who do I'm, you think I'm, who do you think is going to be rookie of the year? I think Zion's elite, bro. But this guy right here, I think this guy is the next greatest point guard ever, bro. John ja ja Morant, Morant. <laughs> the John next Morant. greatest point guard ever, <laughs> bro. I'll, yo, I got this man going to Hall of Fame already. Bro. Like it's, I yo, I've never seen like 
much like De'Aaron Fox, bro, mm -hmm. like he's one of those guys that combine athleticism with number number two, supreme skill, number three, uh, supreme IQ, right? Mm. So this is a guy who, you know what I mean, could get to the rim at any time. But right. rather than force up a bad shot at the rim, this man is fine to his teammates. He's he got that elite court vision. Mm -hmm. Couple that with his elite elite athleticism and his growing perimeter game, bro. I I think I think it's fair to say twenty one points, ten assists is gonna be his career wow. plateau. Plateau though. Plateau. Oh, 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 not, not I thought I thought nah, you nah, meant nah, okay, right okay. Nah, nah, nah. This year I think he's looking at like like a fifteen and eight. You know what I mean? Fifteen and eight on like forty six percent shooting, um, and, and something like that. So, but I definitely think like you know going forward, I think. We're not going to talk about him as like the second design. I think we're going to be talking about them like neck and neck kind of kind of situation. So I don't think that's too, I don't think that's far off. I, I don't think that's far off. I actually do yeah. think that um going into this year and a lot a lot has been a lot has been stated about the duos going into this year. Nobody and probably because they're rookies and sophomores respectively, but nobody speaks about the duo that John Moran and, and um and Jaron Jackson Jr. are going to be. For sure, yeah, like, I'm really. Like low key, low key, I'm gonna tune into a couple of a good amount. My fair share, Dallas, not Dallas. My fair share of Memphis games this year, because yeah. I I like what I saw come out of um from Jared, from Jared Jackson Jr. last year, and yeah. I really want to see how him and John Morant complement each other. Two yeah. two combos that really work in the league to me the most are the one four combination and two five combination, and they are a one four yeah. combo. So any anytime anytime. I see those two combinations as far as duos go. Anytime I see that on the floor, man, I'm 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 sold before they even start playing. So I really do want to see how they play together, how they fit together. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, but Jerry Jackson, his game is disgusting, bro. But I mean, I mean, it's elite. Like he got the tools for sure. Like, nah, he, he definitely the, does. He got all like he got the tools. He, he can shoot it from outside. He can he can um he can score inside for you. Defend the rim, def so he can do a lot. He of can stuff defend for the sure. rim. He's he's about, he's about six yeah. eleven, damn near seven. Might as well call it seven exactly. feet. Exactly. Yeah. He doesn't have two left feet. Not the <laughs> not the greatest ass. Nah, real talk. Because a lot of a lot of these a lot of these seven footers be having two left feet. Like yeah, a lot yeah, of these seven yeah. footers just really just they just don't have strong legs. They just they just very yeah. fragile and they just get bounced around and tossed. Like think about Zach Collins for a second. Like Zach Collins got cool footwork and all that, but he right. not like his feet aren't strong. His his legs aren't strong. So he's constantly always he's either either he gets called for the ticky tack offensive fouls when he sets the pick and rolls because of that, or he just gets pressed right. around on defense and offense because of that. But Jaron Jackson Jr. like that, he, he he's actually he's a, a solid built young man, and he's also yeah. a dark skin, but he's also a black man. So that's, that's look. Maybe, maybe it's not fair. No, no, no. Maybe it's not fair to even compare him. Nah, I'm thinking about it now. Like, I, had, I, had, I, had to, I had to I had to talk it out. Like ah, right, maybe that's not fair. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, shit, bro. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not even fair to compare Zach Collins to him. I'm sorry, Zach. My bad. But from what I saw last year from Zach, from, from um, from Jared Jackson Jr., man, I liked it. I liked yeah, yeah, it. I'm definitely, I'm definitely interested in seeing, seeing how lit. I'm, yo, that shit, that shit, yo, this year is gonna be lit, bro. bro I'm, I'm looking I'm, forward. I'm to excited, it, bro. bro. What is it? 24 hours, 48 hours left. 48 hours left. As a matter of yeah, fact, man. we can get out of here on this. And, and it's crazy. I can't believe we went a whole hour and 33 and did not speak about anything coming out of L.A. Ah, oh, shit. Yo, we did. That's true. <laughs> and Yo, that, and know, that's how that me. just goes to show you how you excited me, I am man. about the season. <laughs> you know me with LeBron, son. I can't talk basketball without talking LeBron. You can't, bro. bro. And, and we kind of <laughs> went we went pretty pretty long without it, even though you mentioned yeah. the greatest of all time one time. But let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's start right there. What do you think? What's your expectations for the Lakers this season? So I got 52 games, right? And I think they meet in the finals against the Clippers, right? The Clippers or the Rockets. That's why I got the back. And I think they lose to the Clippers and they beat the Rockets in seven. And they beat the Rockets in seven games. <laughs> yo, yeah, bro. Real, yo, this is bro, bad. Real talk, he really bro, got real the story. 
bro, 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 and they targeted Kawhi, and they waited. They allowed everybody to get off the board. But if the Lakers had just said, yo, we don't even need Kawhi, let's go after Kemba Walker, or let's go after D'Angelo Russell, or somebody like that, bro, and you add another perimeter scorer to that unit, mm-hmm. I feel like the Lakers would have won, you know, two to three chips going on moving so forward. Said two but to three chips. Two to three, bro. I feel like their window is now a two-year window with Braun, right? Because Braun is getting older. Braun getting older. But I also think... Now they created a situation where they're going to put a lot on Braun's shoulders in terms of having to create from the perimeter and then also having to play that point guard role, right? So if you had got a Kemba Walker or D'Angelo Russell, you added that to the mix, now Braun can play more of that, you know what I mean, point forward role and things like that where he didn't really have to worry about scoring from the perimeter. So we'll see with the Lakers, but I definitely think like, I feel like they they could win the chip, but I feel like the Clippers, what they Defense, like, bro, like, you can't tell me Braun is happy hearing Kawhi, Paul George is on the same squad. Patrick Beverly's on the same squad, bro. Yeah. All right, so you call for a screen, like, yo, like, yo, I'm getting Kawhi off of me and Paul George pull up, bro. Like, what's good? Like, yeah, yeah this is crazy. Yeah. Bro, that, that, that team, that crazy. team, from a defensive standpoint, boy, that team is wicked. That shit is crazy, bro. That team is wicked wild. from a defensive standpoint. I, I do think, I don't know, uh, my, my part of you, I want to give the edge to the Clippers, though. I'm not going to lie, but my only thing with the Clippers is the fact that we don't know how poor, how healthy Paul George is going to be this season, man. They already talking about they already talking that he's going to miss ten games. Talk which can easily turn into fifteen, right? At the beginning, and of the shoulders, season. shoulders is something different. You know, what I mean, you tear, you tear a labrum, and that we saw it. Dwight Howard that hampered him for the rest of his career. The rest of his career, man. That messed the mellow up, too, man. though. Mellow too. People don't realize when he when he tore his shits in twenty fifteen, he was never the same after that. So, mm. even, even though he's still. There's still a place on the NBA roster for him, even though he's still one of the better scorers sure. in the league. But <laughs> right, right. That's that is a fact. That definitely is a fact. I I think I don't, I'm I'm gonna go out on the ledge here and say that Anthony Davis is gonna win MVP this season. You think so? You think Braun gonna let somebody else win MVP? Yeah. Because well, think about it, bro. The, the league is not giving LeBron an MVP again. The narratives are, are already ran dry. We don't have any more narratives to, to push. I and know, I I, I think that. Anthony Davis is well not I think for a fact Anthony Davis has never been on a team this good right and I think that will empower him that will enable him to play the highest to play at the highest version of himself or to be the highest right. version of himself so I, right. I really <laughs> that's the, I, would, I, I, would, Davis, I, I, I worded that crazy but you on, y'all understand what yeah. I meant I definitely I definitely think that like those factors alone are enough to allow him to be able to to, to come out on average like Thirty and thirteen, easy with two blocks think, a game. See, I don't know, yeah. Like you playing with LeBron, like LeBron, LeBron, like he he has the ball in his hand. Like I, I I hear them talking about like, yo, we gonna run the ball through Anthony Davis. But how how much do you take the ball out of LeBron's hands, and how effective will that be for the squad trying to run the offense through Anthony Davis? Because I feel like Anthony Davis, like you said, like his highest version of himself to me is a guy that's you know picking the ball off the basket. Who's getting the ball in transition? Who, like, I feel like he can't be that guy where you just throw him the ball and you know go out there and grab thirty force, which he can. I feel like for the team to be successful though, Braun still has to be the main scorer. Braun, the ball has to still go through him while Anthony is you know playing off of him and things like that. So, 
I don't know, bro. We'll see. Nah, we're gonna see. We definitely see the thing with the Clippers and the Lakers. We we will we'll be able to see them play tomorrow. We'll be able to see them play tomorrow. Oh right? shit, that shit's gonna be lit. Yeah, man. I I, I it's, and like I said, man. Last season it was a bit difficult for me to stay up to watch the ten thirty games, but I can't miss that one. That's I can't, a fact. I can't miss that one. Yeah. And and gotta... it, it'd be great. It'd be great if the um if they meet in the in the finals because it's like as a as a series that'd be the best quality basketball because they'd never have to travel. Yeah, that's they would fact. never have to travel, and I feel like as NBA fans, we deserve that. Like we deserve to see those two teams go go head to head, head to head in the conference finals this year, right. in, the, in the highest, cleanest, purest version of themselves. That's in a terms fact, of, boy. Yeah. No jet lag, no nothing, boy. You, you playing in yeah. the same, all you doing, all you doing is going back home and showering and coming back to the gym. And you're going to, <laughs> when you fact. sleep at the stadium, shit. They probably right. got hotel rooms in that bitch, bro. Right, son. I mean, oh, the only the only thing, only thing, um, um, only thing hindering you will be the LA traffic, and, and that that ain't really much compared to some jet lag. So that's I'm looking fact. forward to seeing that. That's a fact. But yeah, we definitely we touched on everything, man. It's gonna be an interesting season. Die, I appreciate you calling in, guys. Get my used boy. to get, get, get used to his voice. He'll he'll be back. That's, that's a fact, we, my we, boys. We're uh, talking a lot of NBA this season. That's a fact. It's been a minute since I heard from the kid, boy. That's I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate you having me on, man. I see you doing your thing with the King Bentley podcast, bro. I'll definitely be back on. Definitely be back in New York to you know give you a forty piece. <laughs> bro, man, you, yo, you know who I seen my man's because I, I moved back to New York a couple of years ago, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I saw my man's Kareem, uh, bro. I, I got to hit. We got to hit. You know, all of us got to hit up the spots and you know play some balls. Right? We definitely do. Minutes, so I, I feel like I feel like if we all hit up the spots to play ball, all of the pet peeves that I had about playing ball with y'all are gonna are resurface. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we gonna be going hard, man. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that shit now. Nah, I can see that now. We, yeah. definitely, we definitely gotta set that up. It's funny because before we got on the phone, one one day that one, one thing that stood out to me, I remember we used to go to this gym out in Chelsea. Uh, I think it's just, oh, I what it's called. Yo. I forgot what it was called, but I never forget this one particular day we had. It was either Regents Week or something. We had we was all yeah. from school though, bro. And I was like, I told my pops like, yo, I'm about to go. And my pops like he he was just being he was just in super parent mode. Like he right he, right right. He had me call you. To, yeah, just to figure oh, out who I was going to the gym with. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> he just wanted to have a conversation to make sure I was going to the gym with somebody that was, you know, reasonable level-headed. That's a fact, so though, I, I appreciate man. you holding yeah, that conversation that day. That's a fact. Anytime, bro. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Jedi, thanks for coming on, bro. Yeah, bro. Appreciate you having me on. No doubt. You've been listening to the King Belly Podcast. You can follow the King Belly Pod on Instagram and Facebook. You can subscribe to the King Belly Podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Your support is greatly appreciated. This beat was produced and engineered by Nigel Pierre Bryant. You can check out more of his records on his production page on Instagram at produced by period and.